This podcast is brought to you by patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. Head there to check out exclusive podcasts like Talking Futurama, Talk King of the Hill, the What a Cartoon Movie podcast, and tons more. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talking Simpsons, the podcast that isn't all ham and plaques. I'm your host, the appalling little piece of filth, Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons, who is here with me today, as always. Hey, it's Henry Gilbert, and this is the only podcast in America that's not afraid to tell the truth, that everything is just fine. That is true, and who do we have on the line? Hi, it's me, Nick Weiger. Ooh, aside. <laughs> and this week's episode is Homer Defined... Dad, I think this paper is a flimsy hodgepodge of pie graphs, factoids, and Larry King. This episode originally aired on October 17th, 1991, and as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real-world history. (gasps) Oh my god! Oh boy, Bobby, Atlanta is playing Minnesota in one of the most exciting world series ever for young Henry Gilbert. Other people's money tops the box office, and in the video game sphere, Streets of Rage is released for the Sega Genesis slash (laughs) Mega Drive if you're not American. So uh, a hot, uh, the, these were all favorites of me. Well, wow. actually, Child Me did not watch other people's money. Later I would, and I, I, I think it's a good movie. I, yeah, I can't connect to any of this, Henry. I oh, was, wow. I had a Super Nintendo. <laughs> I, 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 I fell in love with Streets of Rage later in life. This baseball game I know nothing about. Mm-hmm. What's I, going on there? Yeah, uh, I, I'd like some MLB context. And also remind me what other people's money was. Uh, so other people's money was the Danny DeVito movie where he is a um, investor like uh, predatory investor guy who takes over uh, companies and kind of sells okay. them off and he there's this amazing speech he has about like uh, the, just look up his his speech to the investors uh, which is about saying how it's actually great to kill a company and sell it off and fuck over all the employees and he he, <laughs> he has this great speech about how like uh, you know buggy whips went away and the biggest path to obsolescence is to capture a larger part of a shrink market and i bet you the people who made mm. buggy whips made the best goddamn buggy whip you ever saw it doesn't matter like <laughs> it's it's a really great speech pretty good also like it's it's one of the rare movies where danny devito just has like a straight up romantic interest and it's not like played as a joke or anything it's like yeah a pretty woman loves him that's the that's, wow this this was the era of my cousin Vinny. yeah oh, that's true yeah ugly okay, ugly sure. italians <laughs> could get hot girls joe pesci walked so uh sorry danny devito walked so joe pesci could run uh and uh, well they you know, Danny DeVito's not going to run. You know, no, no. So, hey, I love Danny DeVito. They're He's both going to stroll. Streets of Rage rules. I love that game. I some people like Final Great Fight soundtrack. more because they played a different game uh, system. But we, I played, I played Streets of Rage and loved it. Like I loved being a cop, beating the shit out of people all over town. It was so fun in that game. Yeah, uh, they, you could call it a missile strike, as as all good cops do in it. <laughs> so cool. What's what's the is it is the what's the line? There's a there's a line that's like tr- only trust your fists. The police will never help you. That's it. Yeah, you get that's that at right. some point. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. Um, and uh, and uh, yeah, the music's really music's really awesome in that game. And I was uh, I was liked Final Fight because I played it in the arcade first. I don't think there was a Streets of Rage arcade. I think that was console only. Yes. And, but but I but like this is a dumb kid thing. I liked Final Fight because the characters were bigger. Mm-hmm. I liked the sprites were just like took up more real estate on the 
screen. I was just like, that's cooler. Yeah. And then later on playing like playing them with an adult brain is like, oh wait, Streets of Rage is like a more like a like probably a better game. There was no one as a, big a, a better franchise. There was no one as big as that Andre the Giant guy oh, Hugo. in Streets of yeah. Rage. Right. <laughs> yes. No, I think that was Andor. Oh, Andor. Yeah. Hugo is the Street Fighter version. Yeah. Right. There was a whole family yeah. of Andors or Andors <laughs> in that game. Uh, Many different colors. No, uh, yeah, look, Streets of Rage, the character designs, especially in one, weren't as cool. Like, I think they, for the second Streets of Rage, they Capcommed it up, and that's when they're like, no, we have to have right. a giant pro wrestler in this one and a kid on rollerblades. And, of course, the next one has a kangaroo that you can play as. Uh, yes, my very, uh, look, we I talk about the World Series when it's ones I didn't watch in these histories. But, yes, this was the only time I cared about baseball as a kid was when I lived in Atlanta or Marietta, a suburb of Atlanta, and I was into the Atlanta Braves, and they, in 1991, had the worst to first season where they were in last place wow. in their division and then made it to the World Series, and I had never lived in a city that had uh, a chase for the title and a championship, and it was right. it was just like World Series fever, and it was it was such a high pitch, and may I also got to experience the other side of it where the the Braves lose in game seven and it is like such a if you if you're from Minnesota it's amazing for your team but it was heartbreaking I got to see like every adult and many of the kids in my class just being sad for the all, rest of the like month all the tomahawk chopping wow. suddenly stopped in your town I know yeah they they later win a world series I think a couple of years later but yes that was uh, it's the start so know that when I watched this episode live in October it uh, part of my brain paying attention to this as a nine-year-old was also thinking i hope the atlanta braves win this uh, world series hmm. the you know talking if we're in sports down we're in sports country you know this is this episode uh, features magic johnson which we'll get to but my headspace would have been let's see i'm trying to think 1990 into 91 so this is uh, this is in october so this is after the 1991 season when that wait no that was not that was not uh jordan's first championship jordan's first championship is the the the, the subsequent season so like magic is you know he's he's getting up there he do dominated the entire 80 you know, five uh, five titles, uh, seven or eight finals appearances. I forget how many <clears throat> how many exactly. It was that con much of a constant thing that just Magic Johnson's Lakers, along with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and James Worthy, just constantly being a presence in the championship and championship contention. And then they they kind of had a season where they, they like they lost to the Pistons. Uh, the Pistons looked like the new team, and then you know Michael Jordan was obviously going to be the next big superstar. Uh, but the Lakers, this an, an aged Lakers team, a kind of a somewhat over the hill in sports terms, Magic Johnson. Johnson ends up going to the NBA Finals this next season, and so then it's it's Magic versus MJ, the sh the showdown, the passing of the torch. MJ w wins his first of three titles before his for his his second of three titles before his uh, his little sort of interregnum where he went to retirement. But yeah, yeah. this was a this was a pretty big era for Magic Johnson as well. Yeah, this uh, this aired months after the Lakers lost in the finals to to MJ. Yes, that's right. Right. Uh, yeah. I and I only know that because I did research for a Magic. <laughs> Johnson's career before. <laughs> I normally do, but I figured someone else would do it. Yes, yeah, a much better yeah. job than me this time. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we have we have Los Angeles' own Nick Weiger, a Yay. big big Lakers fan uh, as well. Very. 
Wow, very, very excited to be here. Very excited to revisit this episode and just to hear the voice of, again, we'll get to it, but the voice of Chick Hearn, mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. TV and, and radio voice of the Los Angeles Lakers for my youth, uh, RIP, and an amazing career. The man who invented the phrase slam dunk. Really? He was that influential of a broadcaster, hmm. yes. Man. Uh, and, uh, and he was just, he was, he's such a, he was so great, you know, in, in baseball terms, the comparison, because uh, he's also in LA, is, all, is always Vin Scully. He's kind of that that level of announcer of play-by-play -play guy. Uh, he was so so great, and it was just it's awesome to, that he has a little bit of a he, he even has a joke in this episode. It's 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 nice to hear him. You know, if he had said pull the homer in this episode, it would have become a meme that uh. they wanted it to. You know, they should have given him the line. You know, my my thoughts up front on that are they wanted it too much. Yeah, they admit yeah. on the commentary sure. they realized that they were a pop uh, pop culture juggernaut and they could influence the world into saying this catchphrase, but they wanted it too much. Mm -hmm. Even 20 years ago on the commentary, they could not have predicted that we now live in a world where every other thing we say is a Simpsons reference. <laughs> so it's a much more innocent time. Uh, you know, back in 1991, they were thinking, what if we made nerds say a, a phrase? Wouldn't that be crazy? That's all we do now. Though, and yet nobody says pull to Homer. Out of all of the memes of Simpson stuff online, nobody says pull to Homer. Absolutely never happens. Right. But yeah, Nick Weiger, uh, you know, co-host of the Doughboys and Get Played podcast both great podcasts it's mm -hmm. all we've, we've yeah, had sure. you before welcome back nick and very excited to be here what 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 a, what a treat oh always the funnest <laughs> and and yeah so uh i want to upfront say a thing i can i i completely biffed on the last time we had you on here we didn't even ask you about how you appeared on the simpsons oh whoops <laughs> after the, the uh, when we had had you on you you had appeared in uh that's right you did not speak i believe but your caricature appeared yes. in the show officially there's a there's a yeah, our our buddy matt selman who is one of the showrunners, the executive producers of The Simpsons, and it's it, he is a has been a guest of our podcast Doughboys and is a listener to Doughboys, a, a good friend. But he did it did it of his own volition, or or I guess uh, you know kind of persuaded the Simpsons crew of his own volition to have us as kind of like a little bit of an Easter egg in. There's a podcast. There's a there's like a hangout for podcasters, and so he just put in some figures from some of his favorite podcasts in there. So me and my co-host Mike. Mitchell are just kind of sitting there <laughs> mutely in the background while the scene takes place. So yeah, ni nice little thing. I got Simpson Simpsonified officially. I mean, that's pretty special, mm -hmm. all right. Yeah, yeah, not many people yeah, can very say cool. that. You could be on a, a wiki right now. <laughs> You know, Maybe, I noticed. Who knows? I noticed that they did snub every Simpsons podcast on that episode. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, 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 there should be a different wall. Maybe there is. It's just they, off they screen. Were, yeah, it's it's beyond the fourth wall. They didn't want to do that. That would have well, that would have broken the reality. <laughs> See, it's by the toilets. That's where. It, no. Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, and uh, yeah, so that was so cool, Nick. I'm sorry we for we failed last time asking, but oh no worries. It was a total surprise. It aired, and I, you know, I, I this is a this is like kind of a mindfulness thing I do. I don't use my phone on Sundays, which is obviously when The Simpsons airs. So I like woke up to people sending me screen caps of like 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 hey, that's you, and I was like, oh weird. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. My reaction at first was like, oh weird, because I just had no context for what was happening. I I also love I love your ones with of, of the Doughboys with Matt Selman and also uh, the Bill Oakley as well. Just any any questions oh, yeah. you can ask them about Simpson writers eating habits. I love to hear that especially. <laughs> 
and and sounds like a great time for enjoying enjoying prime california pizza kitchen <laughs> that was like really hopping and and selman's very fun i i think my other favorite thing on the i think most recent selman one you guys did was when you do a trivia contest between him and mitch and all the questions oh, are yeah. about seasons one through ten and he's like oh boy and the more, <laughs> more i get to hear about how the seasons i didn't work on are the best ones and my seasons suck <laughs> But he's he's a good sport. I like it. He was uh, yeah. He's I w- hey. We'd love to chat with him anytime. I'll just I'll put that out into mm-hmm. the world here. If he's if he's we up, met him, be a great guest. Yeah yeah. No, I've been I've been really enjoying. This is not me sucking up to him, but I really have been enjoying the his show run episodes this season. Have been some of my favorites of the new of of season thirty three. They've been really good. No, it's I, I think if you if you approach this uh, current Simpsons with that perspective of like with an open mind, it's like yeah, there's there's some gems in there still. But yes. Nick, you're a Los Angeles native. Is this true? I've I've heard this before. Yeah, I've lived in I've lived in LA County my entire life. So you know, I did, born and raised in Southern California. Big Lakers fan as a kid. It was easy to be a Lakers fan as a kid because you know, unlike your long-suffering Atlanta Braves, although they eventually came, went over the hump, the Lakers were just good from my birth. Mm-hmm. They were they were. I was born the year Magic Johnson uh, had his first championship hmm. season, wow. and so like like you know, I I had. had I, I had that the, a pin somewhere, but uh, but like a pin from my childhood that was like the the you know one of the titles, one of the championship titles that I just had it on a bulletin board as a kid, and it was just like I just remember it always being there. So yeah, the team was always good. It was easy to root for them. The whole the whole city, the whole Southland likes the Lakers. The Clippers at the time weren't at all relevant. Uh, I would argue <laughs> still that people who are from LA and from Southern California don't really you know root for the Clippers. That's more just for people who moved to LA and they're like, oh, I need a team, but I don't want to jump on the Lakers bandwagon so it's it was it's a it's i don't know it's a it's a very fun team to, to root for it's also the bad guys mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that's the thing about the lakers is like they are like the yankees or they are like the 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 new england patriots of the the brady belichick era where they're just like they win a lot they're obnoxious in doing so they are you know they sometimes don't deserve the amount of hype and attention that they get because they're just such a media draw and you know they're on tv all the time and so you, you like you kind of have it at I feel like lean into that obnoxiousness <laughs> of be, of being like the fan of the team that other people hate. Otherwise, it's just you'll drive yourself crazy uh, with just people always just talking about how much they suck and rooting against them. Well, also, I mean, yeah, you talk about the media thing, like be by being based in Los Angeles, like TV shows like The Simpsons can say, well, we, sure. can, we can get any basketball star, but uh, the Lakers are right here, you know, and that would that would continue <laughs> right. to, after Magic Johnson, that would continue to you know Shaq and Kobe and and the and I mean that's I wonder if that Space Jam new legacy would have been made if he uh, if LeBron had continued mm. playing for Cleveland instead I, I would think not I think a lot I do think part of it is and I think part of his calculus in coming to the Lakers was that this is like you know this is the entertainment capital of the country and so he yeah he he definitely what had a had an idea for a second act he's he seems like his whole a lot of his career has been very and i and i like lebron um and you know i think he's a he's an amazing player to watch been a great uh, lakers tenure but he but he does seem to have like a plan for every part of his career he does mm-hmm. seem to have like like okay this is the portion portion of my career where i'm a little older i'm a little bit you know 
I'm kind of in where magic would have been career wise mm. as this episode airs. I'm kind of in on the the downside of my career, although I'm still a very good player and uh, I'm still an astonishingly good player. So one of the best <laughs> players in the league for, at age 37. It's amazing. But I think he had the idea of like, OK, for this last portion of my career, I can go to L.A., set up shop, be in movies, start producing TV shows, and then that'll be what will my post-basketball career will be like. Well, the, the only facts I know about LeBron James are from the new Space Jam movie, so I know that he's mean to his kids and hates video <laughs> games. Those, <laughs> though he I, learned to like them, apparently. I don't know yes. how the Lakers play so well under the watchful eye of Jack Nicholson. <laughs> uh, it's a, it's amazing. I've been to Lakers games where he's sitting in the stands, and like because he doesn't come to very many games these days but when you do see him in person it's just kind of like still has that kind of gravity of fame that sort of pull that not a lot of people do not a lot of celebrities do of just like oh wow that guy is inarguably super famous and uh nick did you watch do you recall watching this one live in october of 1991 and and being excited yeah. to see the the crossover of your two worlds of the simpsons and the lakers it's it's interesting that like there was a point where i i, I was definitely into the simpsons for let's see is this my first year of middle school or my last year of elementary school either way i'm i'm in the point the i'm i'm at the point where i'm still very like into the simpsons but also the simpsons start starts being less cool than it was and it's it's less of like i think everyone kind of moved on to wayne's world and that became <laughs> the thing so so i was but i was still like watching the simpsons and then my fandom actually i think fell off in the next season and then came back in season five because like there was there was a season in there in the 90s uh, that i didn't watch live and then the sideshow bob stepping on rakes episode uh the cape fear episode was when i came back on board which i think is a season five episode mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's the second episode yeah, of season I, five yep second episode of season five so i i'd like i it's 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 you sound a million years old talking about like <laughs> growing up the pre-year age but i remember reading in the newspaper that there was a new sideshow bob episode and being excited to see Sideshow Bob again. So that got me back at The Simpsons. And after that, it was weekly viewing until like up through college. I was I would watch every episode Sunday night or every new episode on Sunday nights. And uh, any, I mean, Nick, you've already covered the, the guest stars biography pretty well. But I'll just say, uh, in case you don't know who Irving Magic Johnson is. Uh, famous talk show host, right? Yes, famous talk show host. I thought yeah. so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that, you know, maybe maybe he did this show partially because his agents like we're trying to get you more mm. uh, entertainment stuff. Let's start doing that. Uh, but but yes, he huge star of the 80s NBA, like one of the most, if not the most famous player, like his his rivalry with Larry Bird started back in college and was apparently it's still the most watched college ga basketball game ever is the finals of wow. him versus Bird. That's what Wikipedia says anyway. And and yeah, MVP in his rookie year won a championship like kind of unheard of amazing rookie campaign immediately one of the best players in the league wins the title and and you know he was playing alongside kareem abdul jabbar who is maybe my i think he, i think he's my favorite player of all time I, I really like kareem as a man and as an athlete and is even though he was his tenure was largely before my time he's just like all-time scoring leader although lebron might ultimately best him uh, and just like so so good and so dominant and he's kind of like the other guy on that team but he he really was the guy in the early going like you really was like the Showtime Lakers so much of it was just so much of their dominance was just that Kareem was so good uh, but Magic Johnson immediately steals the spotlight from him and when he won the MVP that first season famously Kareem gets injured so Magic Johnson who's a point guard 
starts at center. I'm trying to think of this, what this is in, in baseball terms, but it's kind of like your, uh, it's kind of like your first baseman has to step in as the starting pitcher. Like it's mm. like a bit, this is a big change. And so he, he, it's it's not that extreme, but it's that level of like, oh, this is not normally what this guy does. He starts at center and has a completely dominant performance and then they end up winning the title. So that's why he has this MVP season, his first season in the league. It's a, it's a really explosive start and we're 10 years from that at this point when this episode airs. And uh, and yes, there is some eerie timing to this episode as well, uh, because it was October 17th, 1991, three weeks later, exactly on November mm. 7th at a shocking press conference. Uh, Magic reveals his HIV positive status and announces he has retired from basketball. And it was probably had heard of Magic Johnson, but I was a little kid who, you know, hey, I was watching the Braves, but not really any other professional sports. But <laughs> everybody heard about that. And I also, as a kid, had never really considered HIV and AIDS as a thing. Like, you didn't really hear about it all that much as a, as a child. Obviously, adults heard about it throughout the entire 80s. Yeah. It was not news to them i'm but. pretty sure this episode and then the press conference is how i really knew about magic johnson and of course i was in fourth grade and here come the jokes yes yeah yeah <laughs> what uh i mean yeah i mean nick you probably felt that heavier than than uh than we did as as children when that happened <laughs> it was yeah it was really like also because i i'm 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 a little older where you know i could kind of process at least what people thought it meant at the time this is before this was you know hiv was like a disease that you could live with everyone thought of it as a death sentence and so you have like the most beloved athlete in the city and you know one of the most one of the, the biggest uh, basketball players in uh, in in the world that he that he it's basically it, it was shocking it was absolutely shocking and i remember being at uh, i remember going to my clarinet lesson like <laughs> after i heard about this and then just this other sad kid just holding a viola that i never talked to it just like looks over at me is like you heard about magic and it's like yeah we're just like every like the whole like sit like the whole southland was just so bummed out because he was such a such an iconic figure uh obviously he goes on to he's still with us and he's still thriving it's mm -hmm. it's a it's a miracle of modern science but it was a really really shocking sequence of events and i had no idea th the way you're talking about it like I, i'm not in the mind space where i think of this episode and that happening in the same year certainly not in the same you know three week span but i guess it was i guess that was a that was an accident of history mm -hmm. yeah this episode made me realize we have one of his uh thrift stores in berkeley all right uh, yeah. out of the closet out of the closet yeah yeah, yeah. we wow. do and I think uh, where I lived in Florida, there was a Magic Johnson theater, too. I mean, that's his he really did, like, become quite a uh, prolific businessman. And, and also that. Oh, I mean, yeah. And he would come back, like, I I think, too, as a one of the most, if not the most famous person with HIV at the time. Like, I think he did do good work as an advocate for it and to, you know, bring talk about it into the mainstream and not and, and remove a lot of stigma about it. I, I do believe I've seen him there was an entire south park episode about this but they, he's even said i i've read interviews where he's like that 
him being so healthy uh, might have hurt the HIV um, hmm. advocacy on some level just because people are like, well, you live with it forever. Like Magic Johnson, he's fine. Like, so not a big deal. Like, which, Interesting. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, people, I remember at that time, like my mom even saying, wow, the people on TV are talking about him like he's dead now. Like when at, after that press conference, like yeah, they were like right. eulogizing him afterwards. It was it was shocking. Yeah. Well, it was similar to this is and, and to, to evoke a, a recent like Kobe Bryant's helicopter crash. It was the same sort of reaction, the same sort of shock, that same sort of like, oh, my God, this. And I know that 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 obviously reverberated across the, the country and across the world as, as Magic Johnson's press conference did. But it's uh, like like in particular in the area where it was like this is the team. This is the, the number one team and everyone's, you know, Dodgers or Dodgers two, Lakers one. I just numbered those on my fingers backwards for some reason, but that's just for us. Uh, the, the 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 you know it's the Lakers are always the number one team in the LA area, and it's and it's just it it, it really was like a like a, like an absolutely shocking turn of events. That said, it, it was it, it yeah it's it's amazing that he's still with us, and amazing that he had the this you know this this in this whole second act as this business magnate and yeah entertainer with his mm-hmm. talk show yes. and, and on 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 as an NBA analyst. Uh, you know we'll talk I, we'll talk more about him when we get to him in the episode, but also Bob pulled together history on the writer of this episode let's talk about the writer for this episode howard mm. gortz uh he is on the commentary and that's how i learned a lot about him uh, they had him come in for this he only wrote one episode and this is it mm-hmm. so he yeah. was uh, a freelancer and uh this is his one simpsons claim to fame although he's had a very long career in writing sitcoms yeah you know whoever writes his wikipedia page and it's not him does not care enough to explain most of his stuff that's but, true yeah, including some sitcoms he created yeah it's a very brief wiki page i i don't know that uh, you know Gertz if you're out there you know get your team to update that thing yeah so uh, he came in to pitch this episode and his main idea was that Homer would avert a meltdown and that would somehow lead to him being in the dictionary under the word stupid so that was basically his pitch for the episode and he wrote it from there to amend what we have said in the past they would get these freelancers because it, it was the guild rule but they weren't actually a WGA show but they still they were kind of like shadow guild they're like well we're not officially guild but we will still follow guild guidelines and that's also less work for them to do yes yeah and then a little less work and we we learned about that i mean with with ken levine in the last season that right uh, these i think the wga rule exists to give opportunities to people who maybe aren't already decades long veterans of of comedy writing but uh, yeah it's not usually how it goes with who simpson hires for free in this case it was a guy with like 15 years of experience writing sitcoms yeah i think in the last uh few years they've actually used those freelance positions uh to uplift people mm-hmm. who don't have a ton of credits including our cool pal julia from uh, everything's coming up simpson that is true yeah so howard his uh, claim to fame is that he named uh the van houtens mm-hmm. so uh he says on the commentary their last name is based on a friend of his former wife's uh, their last name was van houten <laughs> but i guess van houten sounded too crazy so it was changed to van houten so he named the Van Houtens because we never know Milhouse's name, last name until this episode where it's cemented that he is Bart's best friend and he has a mom who looks just like him. I always love anytime I hear a writer on a commentary says my wife at the time. I'm yeah. just like, ah, another 
divorced writer <laughs> writing for the Simpsons. Hey, it's uh, that's that's what comedy writing is all about: getting divorced and then writing about it. <laughs> you work too hard, it kills your marriage, and then you write about how uh, your marriage was bad or your ex-wife takes too much. Money. Speaking of Dana Gould, there was a divorce in that story as well. That's, that's right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, he's on Twitter, and I just looked up his name and looked up Simpsons, and uh, oh. he thanks Sam, the late Sam Simon, for giving him this opportunity because he was on Taxi. He was of a writer course. for Taxi. He even directed one episode. Uh, one episode, but he wrote ten episodes of Taxi. I I didn't dig too much into his stuff, but the second I saw on his wiki page Taxi, I was like, well, there it is. Like that, like yeah. Sam. In case you're you're new to the podcast, like Sam Simon was uh, when he took over Taxi. Like that was he kind of had what happened to Al, Gene, and Mike Reese on this season of The Simpsons in season three, which was he was like Jim Brooks creates Taxi and then makes him the showrunner in his like twenties. He's the youngest showrunner in town at the time. And so Sam Simon, I think he he has his favorites and uh, usually men uh, yeah. and, he, and he helps him out. Yeah. I'm sure he's that connection to get on the show. Mm-hmm. So uh, his first writing credit is on the obscure 1977 two season CBS sitcom Busting Loose. Busting By loose. the way, that's not Busting Loose. That's a different thing. Uh, okay. And uh, you've never seen it. I've never seen it. No cool one listening has seen it. Yeah, it was like... never in syndication. <laughs> it's it's nothing. It's gone. Yeah. We've talked about before how like there's so, so, so many sitcoms that just don't exist anymore that like would usually not even be talked about unless uh like our friends on gayest episode ever might talk about a nothing sitcom because it had some gay element to it yeah like that uh something somebody slept here oh uh jennifer slept here jennifer slept i could hear yeah. the song except for her name <laughs> jennifer slept here she lived here it's about a ghost of a movie star but uh <laughs> we're talking about uh, this guy's career so his biggest sitcom claim to fame outside of writing for the simpsons once is he is the creator of Oliver Bean, oh. which was in the post Simpson slot after Futurama was canceled, and uh, it was moderately successful. I think it had like the biggest Fox premiere uh, in that category of that time. I remember the premiere being very big. If you don't know what that is, it was a two season show, basically like an edgier version of The Wonder Years. Mm. And instead of uh, Daniel Stern being the narrator, it was David Cross. I see. They really foxed it up then. Yes, man. You know that this tells me that then not only did did he get a freelance gig from his old taxi chums but he also was under like an overall fox deal so it's like a favored nations thing and i know uh futurama fans hate this show because uh futurama didn't get canceled for this show but it was a show that emerged from the ashes of futurama this mm-hmm. and like american dad in the same era so basically anything from like between 2003 and 2005 that aired on fox every futurama fan hated yeah yeah i mean hey i i get it uh, the, the, you know uh, but honestly as a futurama fan i only really blamed major Major league sports uh, you know the nfl and the major and mlb those are the problems i recall they really hated this and the pits because they already hated mike scully so. oh that's sad you know i think they're all everybody's friends now yeah though. i would hope so <laughs> also uh, howard gertz his other claim to fame is he is the creator of the late 90s jenny mccarthy sitcom jenny uh, okay and i looked up a clip of it online it is so like a friend's clone it's not even funny uh, man you know at least her her sketch show on mtv was is able to give like brian posein and other sketch writers a, a real job not that she's like hilarious or anything and have you heard she just one of the guys uh yes right <laughs> yeah no i i feel uh, though i watched that sketch show because i knew mr show guys were on it and then it was just like a countdown of like it definitely felt like they had an order from on high of like okay write one sketch per episode where she's in a bikini yeah i was similar. gonna say when's yeah. the bikini sketch coming and of course yeah. the theme song for that uh sketch show unrelated to the sitcom was a parody of the love boat right that's where we were right, yeah. in the late 90s but so he got her 
uh, he worked on her network big swing. Right. I wonder what he feels about vaccines <laughs> and, uh, and what they call. She us. wasn't out of the closet about vaccines back then. Hey, maybe she was. Maybe she was making as big of a stink about it as she did in the early aughts. But uh, she was still the hot chick from MTV. Yes. Yeah. Most people thought of her at the time. So you have not seen these. I have not seen these. No one has seen these. I dare you to tell me you've seen these. <laughs> he co-created two very short-lived and very obscure sitcoms of the mid 80s. 1984's Domestic Life and 1986's All Is Forgiven. Wow. There you have it, folks. He co-created yeah. those. You know, see, these shows get to just be forgotten, too, because, like, the lesser shows that went at least, like, three seasons, but not the full hundred, they would, of the 90s, those would at least appear on USA. These shows just got to be dead. They were yeah. just nothing. Not even long enough to be run anywhere. Yeah. Just, like, maybe a season and a half. Most of the episodes don't even air, these weirdo sitcoms. Other writing gigs he's had are Bosom Buddies. He was on Wings a very long time. He was, yeah. like, a showrunner of Wings for a while, so... <laughs> He couldn't cut it at the Simpsons, I guess, so he was hired on Wings. Boy, then again, as we've revealed so many times that they were friends with people on Wings, the meanness towards Wings, yeah. especially by Gene and Reese, takes on a different component here. It now feels like needling by friends, not just them saying, yeah, doesn't Wings fucking suck? I, I think we need to reevaluate Wings. Yeah. Of course, he also wrote for Sibs, mm. uh, The Larry Sanders Show, Just Shoot Me, Everybody Hates Chris. I know one guy who does. Ooh, and yes. uh, most recently, <laughs> the early 2010s, TV land sitcom The X's and I think it's funny that the last TV show he worked on was a send up of the old TV shows he used to work on yeah that's great you age into it just like man he was working there with uh, with Jeff Martin's wife who created oh, okay. Hot Cleveland on the same channel was was The X's the one with uh, with the nanny on it with Fran Drescher or uh, that... I, I don't know I know Wayne Knight is on it it's like oh, okay. any of those sitcoms it's like well he used <laughs> to be on a sitcom 20 to 30 years ago they're on one of these TV land shows or used to be I don't know if they make these kind of shows anymore oh you know the Fran Drescher show I'm thinking about is happily divorced. Uh, okay. That's the one where it's it is about her real life. I remember it again as a gay show because it's about her real life. Uh, she was married to her manager, right? Then late in their marriage, she's like, "I'm actually gay," and she's like, "Wait, what?" And so it's about it's about you divorce your husband who came out of the closet. That's a crazier premise than the nanny. I, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, his first novel came out in uh, July of 2021. It's oh. called uh, "Don't Kill Me Because I'm Beautiful," and you can buy it on kindle it's a futuristic thriller i believe and it's interesting how many of these you know uh 90s sitcom writers uh, are going into the self-publishing game that's funny man but yeah that's howard gertz and uh that's his career just uh i don't know like 30 years of writing for sitcoms about like 35 years of writing for sitcoms and now he's yeah. trying to write novels so good it's, for him it is funny that that a longtime showrunner goes into like the supplicant mode on the i think that's why unlike say on the front commentary where Adam Ilapidus is very like you know respectful nice uh, like oh I'm so happy to be here all this stuff oppositely uh, Guritz on the commentary just keeps going like you change that joke yeah. why'd you change that joke I, I don't know if he was trying to get on the show but uh, throughout the commentary you get the sense that they were making a lot of his jokes more cartoony mm -hmm. and more over the top so maybe he was just thinking in standard sitcom mode yeah, while writing yeah. this script uh, there's you know this uh, yeah I, I could see that The Simpsons will be right back. Forget the hair, just give me the blush. Oh, we're on. <clears throat> we interrupt programming for a special bulletin. Stay tuned for another episode of The Simpsons with guest star Magic Johnson. Next. Next. 
Welcome to the break, everybody, or as we like to call around here, a piffling malfunction. And a big thank you to our guest this week, Nick Weiger. It is so awesome, as always, to have on such a great podcaster as Nick. We love him on the podcasts. Doughboys and Get Played. Check them out if you haven't yet. He's such a funny guy, and we appreciate especially all of his L.A. Lakers insights. And if you enjoy this week's podcast, you should know that Talking Simpsons is only possible thanks to the support of patrons at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Subscribers there for five bucks a month not only get to know that they help me and Bob do this as a full-time job, but they also get so many exclusive extras. They get next week's episode of Talking Simpsons a week ahead of time and ad-free. And they get two monthly exclusive podcasts. Me and Bob covering Futurama and King of the Hill one episode at a time each month in the same Talking Simpsons manner. And if you sign up, you also get access to the entire back catalog with your five bucks a month of hearing all of our ones about Futurama, King of the Hill, as well as The Critic, Mission Hill, and our 10 favorite episodes of Batman, the animated series. Please check out everything you are missing out on at patreon.com slash Talking But if you want something even nicer than a new pair of bongos, then you should sign up at the $10 level at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. That premium level gets you all the $5 things you just heard me talk about. But you also get access to our monthly What a Cartoon Movie podcast where me and Bob cover an animated feature film super duper in depth, just like we do The Simpsons. Last month, we covered Who Framed Roger Rabbit for six and a half glorious hours. Yes, we really went that long and many of our others go over five hours long covering such films as 1940s Pinocchio, South Park Bigger, Longer, and Uncut, and at the end of this month, Toy Story 3, and a giant back catalog that covers everything from Akira to a Goofy movie, Beavis and Butthead to America to Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, and Kiki's Delivery Service to The Lion King. A huge back catalog, you gotta check it all out at patreon.com slash talking simpsons. Uh, but but also in this episode, I forgot that this was the one that defined Millhouse's character. Like this yeah. is Millhouse had been in previous ones, but this is like a major Millhouse app as well. So huge Millhouse app. It's more like the, Millhouse the, defined. The, sorry, yeah. Nick, sorry, Nick. <laughs> it is. No, this is I, Bob. That's perfect. It is more like Millhouse <laughs> defined. You're absolutely right. This is so we're so getting Mil, the essence of Millhouse's character here. We we get the we're talking gifts. We get that iconic gift of Milhouse on the seesaw by himself. I see yeah. that all the time. Milhouse had always been Bart's friend. He, like he was the mm-hmm. first specific friend designed for Bart for the Butterfinger commercials, but uh, in like pre the <laughs> debut of the series, but they never gave him a characteristic. I think yeah. he was even part of like a Matt Groening pitch for different ideas. Like that design was on the board because he's kind of like an Akbar and Jeff style design from yeah. Life in Hell. Yeah, no, that was, uh, yeah, you're right. David Silverman uh, said that on Twitter. I was just like, well, I didn't just invent this guy. He was on a a character who looked a lot like that was part of a pitch package from graining. So it was like a graining design that already exists. And also we uh, recently on the really cool video channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe, they, I want to give them a shout out. They did a, pulled out this lost bit of media, basically like an Apple computers ad that graining did right before the series debuted. And he, it's life in hell style, but he draws a Millhouse character right. who's like saying to buy Apple computers. 
teachers and how awesome they are for wow. students. Yeah. Uh, but so cool. Uh, but yeah, you know, this episode starts first. We get a squeaky chalked chalkboard gag that every time I'm like, wait, does it always squeak in every episode? No, that's it's the point of the joke. <laughs> uh, and a couch gag with a space alien, which reminds me of our, our wonderful appearance on the Get Played podcast talking about Bart versus the Space Mutants. What a fun time. Oh, my. What a what a blast. I always feel like we have to apologize to our guests on that show. <laughs> Sorry, you guys had to play that game. Uh-huh. It sucks. <laughs> no, it's really bad. But no. wait, hey, there's it, good. It was, uh, that, was, uh, that was a blast to have you guys. There was, there's good simpsons games we could talk about with you guys in the future all yeah. one of them maybe two yeah you know virtual <laughs> what, what would you okay. say because hit and run i always think of hit and run and arcade i think is the definitive oh arcade yeah, yeah sure of course. Hit, yeah. hit and runs the best game that actually is about the simpsons and the simpsons arcade game i think is the one i would play the most if yeah. i could play one right now yeah i think i probably see yeah I, I i feel the same i don't know if i'd want to revisit simpsons hit and run i don't i doubt that's aged well but i, I the the one and we talked about this a little bit on your guys episodes i believe what but the but virtual springfield the yes. cd-rom i spent probably a significant amount of time with that as opposed to some other you know any like more dedicated games that i got mm. just that that interactive experience software toy version of of the simpsons yeah it was it was more of a a, a, a what a screensaver really it was like a busy a very, box a busy yes box. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yes, one hundred percent. The episode begins with them mocking USA Today with USA of US of A Today. Uh, which... USA Today uh, at that point, at that point in time, a fairly new national newspaper. It wasn't even a decade old. Mm-hmm. I get why people. I suppose it probably did dumb down uh, media and people in America. But I mean, I feel more bothered today about like I don't know that Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post. That feels worse for media. Of than, course, yeah. Than USA Today, but yeah, I mean, certainly all of its pie graphs and Larry King bring brought down the IQs of people. Tossing Larry King under the bus, former guest. Hey, you know, and future right. guests. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, wait, it's so funny to me. This is just like such like, this feels like a writer had an axe to grind against the USA. Like he was just like, <laughs> like extra mad about USA Today for some reason. Because I'm like, what a weird crusade to have to be like, I and I get it. I, I remember seeing that somewhere else or USA Today was like the simplified newspaper with all these color graphics was a big thing. You were supposed, newspapers were supposed to be black and white. Like mm-hmm. that this had color imagery was supposedly some, some negative some strike against it and all the, the articles were short but it's also like you just watch it now it's like wait what that's what we were upset at we were so mad about, about like that. usa today this yeah. is before listicles where america's favorite pencil was a, a scandal just yes. the idea of writing something that fluffy <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, you know the we've we've made fun of it before and how much we love the larry king parody that uh the late norm mcdonald also did about it but i just i had pulled up a classic uh from 92 of uh, Larry King's USA Today column, which he did. Gattaca. He did weekly. <laughs> he did weekly uh, for 20 years from 81 to 2001. Jeez. Uh, and uh, here's, here's some classics from it. Like, despite what you think of Lawrence Walsh, we will always have need for a special prosecutor because a government cannot investigate itself. With the addition of Barry Bonds, Greg Maddox, and Doug Drabeck to the division, the National League West stays out in front of baseball's absolute best uh, my spies tell me barry levinson's new tv series homicide is a winner <laughs> uh, and then last, so like there's nothing clever about them it's just like we're well, here are five things i thought of uh today whatever dick no. clark takes every day please send me more 
which I guess he did take that stuff because he lived a very, very long time. Though the person who tweeted that out did make the good point of like, this is just tweets. Like this mm-hmm. is just, he was doing 100%. tweets before. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just is dot dot. Cause each one ended with an ellipse, right? Yes. It was like, yeah. I, the one I remember reading that I think he maybe talked about on Conan because he was a, he was a frequent guest on Conan. I always thought like, oh, he seems to have a good sense of humor about himself. So I, I like Larry King and, and probably the Simpsons guest appearances, uh, would probably maybe think that as well but like he he just talked about his his observation no one smokes a pipe anymore <laughs> it's like i guess that's true <laughs> like uh, 1994 sure one of my favorite things with him with the late in his life was when he would just like barely care about his entire history when asked like ben schwartz did his his late talk show and he asked him this great question like oh yeah you, you were in ghostbusters he's like yeah i got a good check out of that every now and then whatever like that's it <laughs> Like, oh, okay. <laughs> Being in Ghostbusters, meaningless to Larry King. Like, yeah. But, so funny. Uh, also on USA of Today is the Babysitter Bandit. Still, I think the animators cared more about the appearances of Babysitter Bandit. We don't know her fate. There's no there's no headline for her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but I guess, yes, we as children were to know that USA Today is bad because Lisa doesn't like it. And she's the smart one who dislikes things for right. the right reasons. So. And yes, this is also when uh, Bart shows off his his uh letter or his his birthday card to milhouse which uh yeah there's funny the graining on the commentary talks about how he's like i really don't want this show to feel like it's animated by horny animators but this episode yeah. <laughs> lots of breasts are on display mm-hmm. also i i like yeah. uh, associate season three and four of the simpsons as having like almost wholly unrelated b plots to the point where i forget which episodes they're in and that feels like the one old-fashioned part of the show because around this time that's when seinfeld was really innovating the interwoven plots where we're sort of almost a mystery right. story like how will they all resolve together at the end this feels very much stuck in the older style of sitcom this season three and four 100 percent. like i i was as i was re-watching this i was like oh yeah this is the episode where barton and milhouse aren't friends anymore for for a for a brief second and i knew it wasn't but i was like wait is this the episode where milhouse date samantha stanky it can't be but it, like it, it's a similar sort of setup where we're, de- we're dealing with barton millhouse being a strange yeah yeah the a-, a and b plot don't really seem to have any connection at all also like the crusty the clown sells very inappropriately ch- sexual uh, <laughs> birthday cards that is that i is love that child audience buys for the for other kids no i think that's a, that whole thing is a great joke i really like that and uh, and also the great bit that bart wrapped up the president in, in christmas wrapping paper that's also pretty great like mm-hmm. yes we, yeah very we, funny uh though yeah so this is when millhouse is officially a dweeb like he is the he, he bart is the jerk friend to the dorky kid with low self-confidence like this defines <laughs> their their friendship i think they uh point out on commentary that like al Jean is like yeah i was the millhouse in friendships <laughs> like i was I, I think we've said it before many writers on the show where the millhouse of and the millhouses are now writing the show like yeah before this millhouse <laughs> shared the same amount of lines and the same amount of personality as like wendell and richard and lewis and all of these other nobodies that oh, yeah. faded into the background now he's the star of the bart friendship show mm-hmm. like he's he's the the, the lead 
once all the dorks who write the show realize like wait this is me i can put my childhood into and i say this as i was also millhouse like i was and you know what my mom was there are some friends that i was like nah my mom didn't like him for bad re- for good reasons i had to admit she was right about a couple friends i was like you were right that friend was a bard and i shouldn't have stayed friends with them i'm sorry that yes. was that was wrong. yeah you were right mom i <laughs> but but yes in our in our very first clip here this is when bart gives his gift to millhouse Oh, Millhouse, just because your mom didn't let you have a party doesn't mean you can't get a present. We had a lovely time on Saturday, Millhouse. I liked the balloon. I liked the party hat. What are you girls talking about? Nothing. <laughs> Twins, open your present. They're official Krusty the Clown walkie-talkies. I'll keep one and you keep one. Now, whenever you want to talk to me, just call me on the phone and tell me to turn on my walkie-talkie. Millhouse! like to express my appreciation for Saturday. Jelly bean baskets, personalized noisemakers, but the little touches are what made it enduring. What's he talking about? Uh, hey, look at that dog. Isn't that something? Wow, brown. Boo! Springfield Elementary last up. Oh, and by the way, I'd like to say thanks and applause, applause to birthday boy Millhouse for his totally bitchin' party on Saturday. Oh, Millhouse, I think I left my pants on your roof. You did have a party. You didn't invite me. I thought we were best friends. Sorry, Bart. You know, uh, Millhouse is a little wiener kid, but he is throwing bitchin' keggers. Yeah, you know what? All these friends showed up. He's, you know, when Marge later says that he's like some loser who doesn't have friends, all these kids showed up to his party, you know? It's the second it's child party Otto has been to. Yeah. You know, I'm going to say, Otto, keep your pants on at this children's party. Yeah. You know? Keep yes. them on. <laughs> and also, don't get drunk around you. Or I would assume super high is what he did. but but That's what it seemed like, yeah. I love the designs on the crusty walkie talkies too. And it, it, this was the time it hit me like, Oh, Bart's gift is actually a, it's kind of selfish. Like it's a gift for himself <laughs> as well as for sure. Yeah. I, I definitely related to that just in the sense of I, I, me and my friend bought walkie talkies as kids with the same idea of like, like we can, t- we can talk to each other anytime when we're at each other's houses. And I remember my dad being so mad <laughs> and then making me return it to radio shack. It was so humiliating. Uh-huh. I mean, like, go back go back and just like return just just my walkie-talkie my one of the two man uh, he kept his yeah <laughs> that's rough man that's i know it. uh that you know the crusty walkie-talkie looks cool too i really like the design of it like it looks it, great it's mark kirkland and his team did so many great little bits in here of their their animation not just drawing uh women with large breasts well but also <laughs> drawing lots of stuff sure. well in it yeah <laughs> also what a great I, that's a great line just call me on the phone and tell me to turn on my walkie-talkie what a great <laughs> well i mean so as, as always mac Rating is just complaining about everything he sees yeah, on these commentaries I, yeah i know we're <laughs> I, I think i think he's mad about futurama being canceled or you know about to be canceled on these uh, 2002 commentaries you're right this is this is in late 2002 uh, i because they even say like that chick hearn recently passed away so they're yeah. like okay it's late 2002 but like they uh yeah i, I guess that's probably why he's in a bad mood but i've just like when i 
me and you, Bob, have agreed on this so many times. Season three with the big, cute eyes on the Simpsons. I love that look. He and I know Grady constantly goes <laughs> like, "Ah, oh, the pupils." Ah, oh, like he says that on this commentary. I like. I think these pupils are cute. We should have told him when we met him. Yeah. <laughs> with our our two <laughs> sentences, we got to say to Matt Grady. One of them should have been like, "You know what? You're you're too much of a complainer about those pupils, Matt." Just <laughs> being dragged out of the room screaming, yeah. "Season five pupils." Uh, <laughs> but i also you know what i feel a lot in common as a child though not just with millhouse but with martin as well because martin i think martin the twins are rubbing it in to bart but martin is just like he's just a fruity reviewer he has to just give <laughs> his like great review of the party <laughs> made it enduring <laughs> But yes, Bart is heartbroken, too sad to even get off the bus, and Otto is too stoned to notice he stays on the bus. So <laughs> they drive yes. away. The the joke there of of Bart being of Millhouse like check out that dog, and Bart being like wow Brown is I, <laughs> like I love anytime like Bart is like Homer stupid because he is kind of he is kind of an idiot. We they don't lean into the stupidity as much, but it's fun it's fun to to play a dumb joke with Bart. Yeah, I, and also Nancy's yeah. delivery of "Wow, Brown!" Like it's yeah. so good. <laughs> so then uh, we cut to the power plant, and this Act One is a lot of like <laughs> real big uh, changes in mood and tone. It's like the end of the world, and then a boy and his friend. Like <laughs> I like that there's room built in for this awkward conversation uh, between Smithers and Burns. Uh, yeah. it, it's very nice. Like he's reluctantly getting to know this man better. <laughs> <laughs> you know, first off, Burns saying like uh time to pay back for your two days of debauchery i was thinking of that with all the people being called back into their office jobs now by bosses <laughs> i think a lot of them are thinking oh, back yeah. they're thinking like burns these days just like time oh you were ahead on your laundry well guess what those days are over <laughs> <laughs> you spend sunday doing laundry now <laughs> uh commutes are back in a big way now i also love smithers tgim sir that's a great <laughs> what a yeah. suck up and well we talk about characters uh becoming more of themselves smithers wasn't not gay in other episodes but this smithers is 100 gay mm -hmm. like this is like he is a gay man who well here i'll play the clip about smithers weekend you can you can learn how gay he is <laughs> time to pay for your two days of debauchery you hungover drones pg i am sir <laughs> yes. so what did you do this weekend smithers well i caught up on my laundry uh, wrote a letter to my mother oh Here's the kicker. I took Hercules out to be clipped. Who the devil is Hercules? Oh, he's my Yorkshire Terrier, sir. He's kind of tiny, so, you know, it's a joke. Here's a picture of Herky. <laughs> well, Smithers, don't you know how to paint the town red? Um, may I ask how you spent your weekend? Well, a bit overly familiar, but I'll allow it. I took in a movie, <laughs> an appalling little piece of filth. Its leading lady was a blonde harlot who spent half the film strolling around naked as a jaybird. <gasps> oh, just give the great unwashed a pair of oversized breasts and a happy ending, and they'll oink for more every time. What a movie! And that blonde cutie, does she have assets? <laughs> Sounds like my kind of flick. And how? <laughs> uh, their excitement at oinking together. I love that. I, <laughs> yes. But, but yeah, I mean, so Smithers, of course, he owns a little dog, as no straight man would. Only, only a gay man would. And of course, no straight man loves his mom or would write her a letter. It's only what a gay man would do. He's horrified of female nudity. Yes. Yeah. That's. Uh, <laughs> not sure if that's a correct stereotype. Uh, but. No, I think so. <laughs> I don't know why Burns is so repulsed by his Yorkie, who I think looks cute. Yeah. Uh, but he sees Hercules just like, ugh. 
I know. I don't know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, he's, uh, well, you know what? Actually, in the uh, next, uh, later in the season, he talks about how much he hates a dog and how he's like, uh, you know, if uh, somebody slobbers all over your crotch, uh, what would you say? Yes. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> Burns is correctly old in how he complains about movies, but the idea of Burns by himself going to a modern movie theater, that feels wrong. So for funny. Burns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He def- his definitely character got a little bit more Howard Hughesy, a little bit more reclusive as things went on. He would have been had a private screening in his own uh his own theater he wouldn't have gone out to see one with the plebes yeah burns uh, went out to see basic instinct by himself <laughs> it does sound like it's it's part of the basic instinct era of erotic the uh, films that were For briefly sure. in fit right. theaters yeah uh, and our pal Dave Schilling, he just did a great write-up on uh, on that era of, of sexy films and how uh, and watching them with his partner and, and <laughs> what's that like in the the 2020s? You know, also Herc though Hercules never returns. His little dog though in the season 33 episode where Smithers gets a boyfriend uh, played by Victor Garber, he does at the end of the episode adopt a Doberman puppy, and hmm. so uh, they've they've re-given him a new little dog since then. Wow. Mm-hmm. Which he put. A little bow tie on just like his bow tie and and that shows you how much things have changed like smithers has to be coded gay in this episode in that episode uh he's like i can't find any good men on the dating apps until he has a puppy dog in his photo Hmm. on the dating apps and then guys start responding to it so (laughs) things things have changed in 30 years but yeah (laughs) it then cuts to homer's uh control panel which kirkland talks about how like oh yeah we went overboard on the lights and everything like this is fancier than his control panels ever look since this is the the control panel episode really (laughs) it's it's funny i think the movie and the marketing of the movie defined homer's favorite donut as the pink frosted cake donut with sprinkles when it's defined like it's donut defined millhouse defined donut defined things are being defined all over the place but he prefers the grape jelly donut in this episode so that was a retcon it needs to be purple purple. yeah no you know at the uh i guess at universal studios is lying to us with their big pink that it should it should be cream fill or uh, purple fill yeah uh but i also like that homer you know they i think the joke is supposed to be it's gross that homer's putting his finger in all the donuts because someone else will eat them but now yes. i just view it as like no homer's eating that whole box yeah he's just picking the one he's gonna eat first <laughs> yeah he's deciding on the first yeah. donuts yeah <laughs> well i always think of like 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 homer like you usually take the box of donuts to the bathroom mm-hmm. uh, so that's what i always think of that's why i know where he's going with that box after <laughs> he's not eating like a duck yet yeah not yet no <laughs> uh uh, we have a quick cut to Otto. He's uh, he's humming Frankenstein by the Edgar Winter or Winter Brothers again. I also like this little moment of like that you get to know that in off screen all this time, Otto and Apu have like their own like kind of spinoff <laughs> of just like, hey, uh, Otto, Apu, what's shaking, man? Like they're just buddies. Right. So. Yeah, I, I wrote a rare scene between Otto and Apu. Yeah. We don't really see that. <laughs> they're on a first name basis with each other. He would be a frequent customer. Mm-hmm. I think in there for a hot dog. The subtext is Otto gets high a lot and he goes to the convenience store to buy munchies and that's mm-hmm. where he literally rel- says munchies yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah uh, again now pot is legal and so these jokes are very different now it's just like oh it's it doesn't need to be coded like they again they've done multiple episodes they actually another recent one i liked where marge starts working at a dispensary and homer starts a competing dispensary that tries to make it feel like back when pot was illegal because <laughs> Otto and others are like no i want to buy pot and have it feel like it's illegal and i'm out in someone's house but uh, it's a clever <laughs> episode uh, but yeah 
You know, this reference to heat lamp dogs, uh, Nick, I know on the Doughboys, you guys are not usually giving high marks to the 7-Eleven hot dogs, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it's it's it, the issue is there, I think, is just consistency because you don't know how long that thing's been on the roll top. Sometimes mm. it's been there all day. I, I I think the hot, I do will say, if we're talking about things that are on the roller grill, I think those big bite hot dogs are a better bet than the Goko Taquitos, which mm. can be really hit and miss. So I would, I would usually opt for a hot dog over those uh also in 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 covid times they a lot of time a lot of places they got rid of the cheese pump and the chili pump which you could use to plus up your dog and so that that's a little bit of an issue but i always feel like i'd, I'd rather get the pizza or the wings from from 7-eleven's hot case as opposed to the hot dogs uh you know i started to do the taquitos uh i i my only 7-eleven eating time was when i worked by a 7-eleven for a couple years and would would pop in there and yeah it's those roller dogs but but also, I worked in an AMC theater that uh, I had to man the roller dog station, and it makes <laughs> wow. makes you even more disgusted by it. They, but the, the secret of the rollers are, even though they're all rolling, you can turn off some of like, okay, the back row is rolling, but it's not hot. So you can put the fully cooked ones in the back. Like that's, that's part of the system. That's fascinating. <laughs> I never knew this. I can't tell you how, uh, if it's improved any of the technology mm. of rollers in the last 20 years, but that's, that's where it was at in 2003. I remember yeah, I had no idea you had that level of control. <laughs> I, I remember it was the premiere of Return of the King and we every roller was occupied with a hot dog because we're like, this is the biggest crowds we've had all year. We got to <laughs> put every hot dog on a roller right now. You're like, this is a hot dog crowd. I can tell. Yeah. Uh, Theater but, managers turning both their keys like a launching a, a, sub, <laughs> a nuclear missile from a submarine. Yeah, it, it, it's like firing up all the rollers at once. That's got to be. You really need reinforcements at that point. I also have a question, though. Otto finds out that Bart's there, and he's like, oh, I was about to drive to Mexico. I was like, how? Is he not coming back at the end of the school day? Is he just taking... Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Is it a Friday? I don't know. How often does he just abandon the uh, just go to Mexico? Does this happen a lot with that bus? I, I have a lot of yeah. questions. <laughs> but yes, we cut back to Homer. The heat of the core has gotten so hot that the dial is uh, melting the purple goo on it. And the way it, like, pops and hits the back of his head like that's great uh, again kirkland and his team on the animation side like the camera angles are getting more dire and the sc scene is darkening like this like the color palette is darker than it was in the last scene because things are getting like the dr drama is ramping up like it's really good direction yeah i love all the lighting when the emergency lights start coming on yeah yeah it's very cool it's it's so efficient too it's just like really like really escalates to the state of panic and does a good job of doing it with a you know just a, a very limited amount of screen time uh but the the meltdown has begun and uh, burns and smithers learn about it call me old-fashioned but movies were sexier when the actors kept their clothes on uh, vilma banky could do more for me with one raised eyebrow than an entire warning problem in sector 7g 7g good god who's the safety inspector there Simpson, sir. Simpson, eh? Good man, intelligent? Actually, sir, he was hired under Project Bootstrap. Thank you, President Ford. <laughs> huh? Noise. Bad noise. Five minutes before critical mass. Critical what? Okay, okay, don't panic. Whatever problem this is, I'm sure they know how to handle it. Huh? Ah, it's my problem! We're doomed! Sector 7G is now being isolated. <laughs> 
This is back when meltdowns were special and sim. They've had meltdowns so many. Well, like the the recurring gag for Homer, they wrote the line even like, "What's an elt down?" Anyway. Yes. Just... Right. <laughs> but, yeah. The the I remember multiple meltdowns. I think in the college episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it did. They definitely this. But this was the time when like, oh wow, this meltdown could happen. This could just completely. I mean, they really they play it up in the media too. It's just what the stakes are. That's basically going to annihilate all of Springfield, the surrounding area. I don't know. It's it, this is this is great this this is it, it's just like a a great like uh you know it's a great plot device to kind of, to put homer at the center of this at, at the plant and i also like i really like the joke about um the project bootstrap which i don't know if that was a real initiative or not <laughs> i like it more if it wasn't i like it more if it's something they invented it was like their you know uh their version of the new deal that president ford did uh, fictionally but whatever it is i think i, I just love mr Bo- mr burns contemptuously saying thank you president <laughs> Ford really gets me. And uh, Vilma Banky could have lived to see this reference, although I don't think she would have appreciated it. <laughs> because she it's passed <laughs> She passed away in March of 91. This aired in October. Wow. So, yeah, she died at age 90. Wow, man. Wow, that's amazing. And, uh, you know, I, yeah, from my research, Project Bootstrap is not a real thing. It's the, the only uh, Google results for it were this episode, but it's such a great name. Like, it implies that a failed Ford administration thing of like we'll start project bootstrap that'll uh, get yeah. companies to hire people who aren't good at their jobs but <laughs> you know what that's not real but keo plans are real we'll talk uh, about those uh, very soon it's incredibly boring uh but uh, though i married marge would invalidate this bit of canon here because he uh, homer was clearly hired in 1980 uh not in 1976 or uh, during the ford administration maybe so. they passed it just as he was leaving office mm, okay sure I, I could be a grandfathered in you're right i I could see that well there was also maybe on the i think it might be the grimes episode where homer oh yeah me and me and carl both have our masters they're talking about their their advanced degrees in in nuclear physics but uh, but homer just showed up on the first day the plant opened and then i think he's like i didn't even know what a nuclear panner plant was (laughs) i don't know that's the episode or not but that's my memory yes oh yeah no that was all very very accurate nick it's uh you i that was great memory when you said grimes i thought was elon musk ex-wife on a new episode <laughs> oh man not yet how is old grimy doing Love these days <laughs> you know you know the, the buzz around town is she's been seen canoodling with chelsea hmm. manning what is this star snoop <laughs> but uh but uh, but yeah i also like the the continuity that they remember homer's job is safety inspector and he works in sector 7g yes. it's all that that is correct that's great yeah <laughs> uh but yeah just the look on burns's face saying thank you president ford like what a great line so good i also wonder how many great times mr burns episode how many times does Smithers have to just stand around while Burns gives him movie reviews, like for hours? <laughs> like, just... It's been the entire morning. It feels like, yeah, You're right. That's mainly his job. But, uh, but yeah. So then we quickly cut to Bart. Bart and Otto are just in a bus, so they don't know what's going on, and they can just uh, everyone else in town knows about it. But I do love Otto. I knew guys who lived on their ex's uh, couch mm-hmm. with the, the, in their, with their new husband. I've n- I've known a couple dirtbags like that. They're not as proud of it as Otto. I just I also love the yes. animation. The way his head gets huge when he says, mm-hmm. "I'm sleeping on their couch." Like just... it's it's no. <laughs> now I drive the school bus. It's yeah. not as good as that, but not as good. No, we right. needed one more of those. I don't uh, think there was a third one. Yeah, you're right. One more Otto proud screaming thing. Well, you know, we'll keep an eye out for it 
heard in the auto show episode the spinal tap one could be coming yeah, yeah but, uh, oh man i haven't watched that in forever it's funny to listen on the commentary of just them uh trying as nicely to say that christopher guest wasn't nice to them and that they thought <laughs> that he was kind of a jerk <laughs> uh but uh but yes the they then cut to marge watching soaps as had previously been established in bart bart's dog gets an f she's watching uh, search for the sun just like last time and uh this is the first time when in the episode we hear john lovitz i love him as mr Devereux. he's so <laughs> call me mr Devereux. just such a great great yeah. line and then we cut to more fun graphics like the designers oh man the springfield action news sign and the design on the the melting tower for the meltdown like that's really good art they were oh, ready man. for this first few minutes of the meltdown <laughs> that's true yeah ahead of time <laughs> they move as fast as internet uh commentators man they're just like social media it also makes march seem very old-fashioned that she drops her knitting like she's like <gasps> and drops her knitting like it makes her seem like she's a mom from like 1930s <laughs> this is where burns comes on the news with his file photo with the, the blue hair painted on which it's the only time he denies his baldness in public but i kind of i kind of like that vanity of burns he lets that go in the future it, it's uh, like a, a file photo with a toupee right is this yeah. toupee humor yeah okay yes yeah. Very, a, a rare well, is, instance is there, right that's what I was, I was trying to place as like is there another time when burns has a toupee this might just be it Mm, yeah i think so i think so yeah i guess he has more he has more hair when we see him in like the 60s flashback and mother simpson yeah sure. slightly more hair yeah it's kind of a michael eisner comb over kind yeah. of thing going on yeah <laughs> but the implication is this is and to bring it back to basketball this is kind of like this was his marv albert period this is when he had a very obvious toupee he was wearing for a, for a few years until he abandoned it oh thank you know what nick recently on a podcast we were talking about toupees on sportscasters in the when flanders failed episode and my i could only pull howard cosell but i think it was more about marv albert mm. was a more current bald guy right. not admitting it yeah i think we were too as, as someone whose hairline keeps creeping back i think <laughs> we we're too hard on toupees for a while mm -hmm. I, I think that, that that hey sometimes someone looks all right with a toupee let yeah. people get toupees give, uh, give these guys a break yeah i mean uh, you know <laughs> well now i think the hair plug technology whatever elon musk is oh, doing boy. his hairline you know it's <laughs> gone it's gone far beyond toupees I, I love that old paypal picture of him it's such a perfect photo <laughs> oh yes yes you know it's okay to make fun of the thinning hairlines of evil billionaires i'll say otherwise don't be mean about hairlines <laughs> but 100 you know. <laughs> percent agree yes i also like that burns like he is so media trained he's like ah it's one of those annoying buzzwords you know uh, we and uh he he is so good at playing the media which is not normal for later burns but i kind of like him as being no. this media trained angry love you mr Devereux. We interrupt Search for the Sun for this special news bulletin. Meltdown crisis, the first couple of minutes. Forget the hair, just give me the blush. No, we're on. This station has just learned that a serious crisis is in progress at the Springfield nuclear power plant. Oh, my Lord. On the line with us now is plant owner C. Montgomery Burns. Mr. Burns? Oh, hello, Kent. Right now, skilled nuclear energy technicians are calmly correcting a minor piffling malfunction. <laughs> But I can assure you and the public that there's absolutely no danger whatsoever. Things couldn't be more ship shape. Sir, where's my radiation suit? How the hell should I know? Uh, Mr. Burns, people are calling this a meltdown. Oh, meltdown. It's one of those annoying buzzwords. We prefer to call it an unrequested fission surplus. This version this version of Burns, who, for lack of a better ter term, is, is kind of, is more with it. 
than he becomes is very is a very funny comedic character mm-hmm. that he is like in touch with what's going on with the plant and you know is it, it he's not just this guy mm-hmm. who's just always making these esoteric references to to the 19th century like he actually is like a you know engaged with running the plant i i don't know i think i think it's <laughs> funny and i think he's i think the scene is very funny yeah he's very invested in protecting his legacy as he's preparing to die right yeah yeah he's i i also like you know thinking of uh, we just recorded the blunder years episode that season 13 one that is also about averting a meltdown but it's it's uh smithers senior who dies preventing <laughs> that meltdown in that episode oh right <laughs> As we learn again, I, that I I choose to follow Bob's track of like you know what that didn't happen. That's not Burns no. did not know Smithers is a baby. He hasn't known. He didn't help. <laughs> he didn't raise, raise Smithers. Yeah, yes. <laughs> that's a Treehouse of Horror yeah. episode. <laughs> it complicates things too much. Makes the canon too weird. Uh, so Homer then has to read a manual, and it's uh, not going so good for him. Somewhere there's a thingy that tells you how to work this stuff. The um the um the manual. The manual, right? Uh-huh. Ah, it's as bad as a phone book. Congratulations on your purchase of a Fissionator 1952 slow fission reactor. No! Get to the point, man! Ooh, what's this? No! Who'd have thought a nuclear reactor would be so complicated? 90 seconds to core meltdown. Sir, there may never be another time to say, I love you, sir. Oh, hot dog. Thank you for making my last few moments on Earth socially awkward. Looks like this is the end. Well, that's all right. I couldn't have let a richer life. <laughs> that's a great. That's such it's a great really one. I always love this. This was the era of cutting to Mo and Barney just commenting on things, and <laughs> I just love that they're. It's just them alone in a bar saying, "Well, looks like this is the end." <laughs> it's like, guess we're dead. I got so. There's great. a lot of this in this that episode where they're just cutting around Springfield and cutting around the plant, and just sort of we're seeing these little vignettes of everyone, you know, either making peace with or or. Uh, or, or confronting or avoiding their the, their fates. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if this is where we get to the senior center. Oh, but, yes, uh, yeah. When we start to see, yeah, we start to see the senior center. Like that's like a great gag too. Just them <laughs> completely tuning it out. And that's where there's a big change in the episode. Uh, and listeners uh, heard last time when we covered Bart to the Murderer, we mentioned that that episode aired the week that Red Fox died. Well, that caused a change in this episode. That's right. I think what they were watching was probably just like a Sanford and Son parody and they changed it to wheel of fortune because red fox had just died the previous week mm-hmm. wow and because it was just uh audio on the tv they could change it or maybe there's finished animation that they couldn't use oh, man. i would just hear yeah i bet it's just that because that's an easy laugh right there i laugh hearing that sound just doing it right now <laughs> it's funny yes you know the wheel of fortune jokes. I do, I do think the wheel of fortune is joke is good though yeah i i also think my mom always looked down on wheel of fortune like she he was a jeopardy lifer but was like oh wheel of fortune is so dumb compared to jeopardy but the last time i visited her she admitted like i watch wheel of fortune now i'm ashamed <laughs> to admit it but i like watching does, wheel of fortune does it does it come on before jeopardy in every market i have never lived anywhere where yeah. it's not that i think the, the merv griffin produ- griffith productions i think just par- partners them it's, together it's there to get the gears turning yeah. for jeopardy i think it's <laughs> to make you think about letters and how to put them together uh, great block of programming they also mentioned on the commentary that they say that then recently they had just had to make a similar change they changed james coburn to lee marvin and i know what episode it was it was season 14's 
Bart versus Lisa versus the third grade, hmm. where she says oh, wow. that uh, Bart makes some joke about like he should be Lee Marvin's like grave digger or something. And so apparently, or I don't, you know, I don't think it was grave digger, but like Lee Marvin's barber. But it now to know that it was James Coburn who died one week before the episode aired. So that was a late change of uh, of, of classic Western stars. It happens to him all the time. That they're lucky on the lip sync there that they at least got someone with the same syllables mm -hmm. meanwhile they did an episode where they animated uh, a strom thurman joke into it and you see him on screen and it, i believe it did air the week he died <laughs> i think you know what oh, good man. yeah hey yeah whatever <laughs> guys a piece of shit. rest in piss buddy uh, <laughs> <laughs> i also i love marge's prayers that she admits like oh yeah i'm bad at charity like i i'll actually give people something that i'll give the needy something they want other than the can of pie mix that's good yes yeah that's good uh and to be a stickler when it says one minute to core meltdown it is actually 72 seconds mm. it's not one minute hey it gave more time and really you know what if you have that seven seconds it's left on the clock when homer presses the button then really it's 79 seconds when they say that there's mm. one minute left to core meltdown mm. so yeah. <laughs> uh but yes homer then has a flashbacks to a rubik's cube which like so easy back then you could just be like remember the rubik's cube huh that was something like this just, was a brand new form of humor yeah <laughs> the, right this is like not even a decade old this reference yeah the the idea and then he's like uh and he's he's working on it while that that he uh an off-screen technician is telling him like 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 hey it's very important if there's ever a meltdown look at this button and in his memory he can't like think of what button he can't he wasn't wasn't paying attention what button it was because yeah he was just trying to get one side down to a rubik's cube which there's also a joke of that's the wrong way to solve a rubik's cube oh. if you just get a side you're not going to make any progress you have to get a full edge wow yeah. so that's part yeah. of the trick i didn't know man that's uh, i also love homer's like I, yeah 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 push the button when i got it like yeah exactly yeah <laughs> he's so dismissive yeah uh, it's a great i mean i don't know if it's subtle but I, I just love the idea that no this isn't that complicated they made it so someone like homer can run it and it involves <laughs> right. pushing one button <laughs> just right. here it is this will prevent a meltdown nobody will die but i i also and he says push this button and only this button so that's why homer knows all he he could just be pressing every button in and see what works but yes. he does remember mm. that bit so he can only press one i also love him whole he still has the rubik's cube it goes this is all your fault which yes yeah <laughs> which does become kind of a runner hitler says mm -hmm. that to bobo when he blames the uh the, the 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 fall of berlin on the the bear he goes like this is all your fault and throws it aside <laughs> Oh, yeah. Then comes a uh, a big part of the commentary, them talking about a censored word and an exchange of words. Can you believe in 1991 the Fox network would be so uh, picky about this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. They, so, so, Nick, they were only allowed to say ass once in this episode, but they wanted to say it twice, and they had to choose. Fox wasn't sure they'd even let him say one ass, which, I mean, in, in your life, you've, you've worked on some uh, shows that do dirty things than say ass i've seen full nudity oh, yeah. on one of you on the show you've written for <laughs> yes yeah they've they've really uh that you the things have things have loosened up in the age of streaming that's that's fascinating i actually worked on a fox show it was a, it was owned by fox corporate it was on fuel tv was the network uh pretty you know 10 plus years ago and the one note i remember getting back which was very funny uh to me was we'd written the word weighing into a script and their Fox standards was like, uh, you cannot say Wang, suggest substituting 
dick. <laughs> what is like, like, you're okay with dick? That seems worse than Wang. Uh, say monster cock. That's what you can yeah. say. <laughs> <laughs> this is Wang stuff. Well, the the, like, the, right. the the great butt-ass switcheroo was, uh, so in the first airing, Byrne says, kiss my sorry butt goodbye, and then Bart says, bad influence my ass. Mm-hmm. In yes. the second airing and the syndicated version and what's on the DVD, Byrne says, kiss my sorry ass goodbye, and Bart says, bad influence my butt. I like the first one because the joke Holy is great. a kid swearing, he's proving he's a bad influence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, uh, and thank Thanks to oh, we did we didn't have this back the, when we first covered this episode. Thanks to uh, Super Simpsons Twitter account Daily Simpsons, uh, they helpfully archived both versions so I can play them for you now. Yes, there's nothing left but to kiss my sorry butt goodbye. May I, sir? She says you're a bad influence. Bad influence, my ass. How many times have I told you never listen to your mother? But Bart, she threatened to cut off my allowance. 30 seconds to core meltdown. Oh, Smithers, I guess there's nothing left to do but kiss my sorry ass goodbye. May I, sir? She says you're a bad influence. Bad influence, my butt. How many... There yeah. you go. So the DVDs are mostly faithful. Like on season one, we got an alternate ending for the Telltale Head. There's like three possible endings, I think, for that episode. <laughs> yes. And then in season four, uh, I think it's Marge gets a job. It's uh, there's a Tourette syndrome joke cut yeah, out. Yeah, they changed that one too. Yeah. But, but the punchline makes no sense <laughs> because they changed Tourette's to rabies. Yeah, yeah. But hey, you know, Matt Groening couldn't uh, PC cut that one before, as he should. I mean, yeah. You know, it, it, Tourette's jokes are also very easy. It's like you know. No, we can we can do better right. i think yeah but uh you know what's also funny is uh so occasionally especially now that we're in seasons they ran i've been referring more back to mike reese's book springfield confidential a great book folks should get and it's a good audiobook too but the funniest thing for this episode was uh, when i was re-scanning it through twi- uh, kindle i was like the only mention he makes of this episode is still being mad that they couldn't say ass twice <laughs> that's the one thing he mentions and he brings up that he was mad that in 1998 five Fox would later do Bobcat's big ass show, a uh, game show that was on the FX network. And he's like, they they put ass in the title and, and they wouldn't let us say ass yeah. twice. So still still had an axe to grind, even uh, in his 2017, <laughs> 2018 book, which again, great book. I get it. It's got to be. I mean, like the the I to- totally agree with Bob that the, the, the version with Bart saying ass is better. Although you do at least get Bart saying how many times have I told you never listen to your, your mother, which mm-hmm. at least pays off. The bad influence aspect but yeah him him actually swearing is is the cherry on top this was also how we learned i was reminded on the commentary too that at the end of season two's homer alone i it always does seem weird how bart says i'll never trust another old person the original line was grandpa you magnificent bastard and mm. they, they as you know as a reference to rommel you magnificent bastard that was uh war of the simpsons right war of the simpsons yeah yep. not homer alone yeah sorry i wrote down homer alone because that's what kirkland says on the commentary oh, okay but you're right it's it's War of the Simpsons. We get to see everybody's doing. They're they're doing duck and cover and Skinner's. Who's laughing now? That's really great. <laughs> I love that. I love that. This is this is all just fits into the again. We're just seeing little little slices of life across the town. And yeah, that's that's a great one. He's being smug about this nuclear holocaust. <laughs> I I love how Magic Johnson says holocaust. Uh, <laughs> uh, celebrities say words in fun ways. Uh, we just did Talking Futurama, the episode of Leela of her own, and Hank Aaron is in it, and he says the word hologram <laughs> yes, instead it. of 
hologram. It's so cute how wow. he says hologram. So we have holocaust and hologram. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so then, then a fantastic close to this act one, and it's a long act one, but just I remember as a kid who, again, didn't understand they're not going to kill everybody on the sitcom. <laughs> but as a little kid, when it goes to the commercial break with Homer pressing the button and just cut to black, that I remember feeling a certain, you know, anxiety. I'm like, oh, no. And then you hear it coming up next on Drexel's class. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, uh, they'll still be Drexel's class. No matter what happens, <laughs> whether Simpsons for at least or not. one year. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, yeah, great act break. And uh, and yeah, Homer just says, eeny, meeny, miny, moe, and he presses, I love that he like presses his finger into the camera as I am doing now on, yeah, on our video. You, you never see the button. It was a good move. I, I don't think you see it in the Shelbyville scene either, do you? No, you do see him hit a button oh, okay. There. That's true. But uh, yeah, I, and yes, yeah, so cuts away. We come back and Homer is holding his head, hands to his ears, thinking I'm dead. Everyone is dead. And then, no, oh, he saved the day. Hooray. I love the shots of everybody awkwardly getting back to normal, like, you know, just pretending they didn't just like smash open a, <laughs> a soda machine. And I, I like it's like a very subtle animation thing, but the people praying kind of like come to their senses almost. <laughs> like, oh, what were we thinking? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Fuck, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And also, I love. I mean, the cut also earlier when Burns said like, oh, you know, everything's fine here. And just the cut to everybody like screaming, just crazy screaming. It's it's that's a great scene. too. And the rats running back into the power plant is great. But uh, though, man, what a cab that guy using using the this thing to have sex with a woman. He'll never call back. Not not nice. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Another, another, the one, the one we see the the scumbag guy kind of uh, being with the woman in the the soap opera, and then we also see it in reality. The thing, the thing was, this is like rewatching these episodes and and having them all kind of jumbled together in my brain through so many syndication rewatches. I was sure this is the one with the joke where where Mr. Burns gets into the escape pod and Smithers says, "For the love of God, sir, there's two seats." And he's yeah. like, "I like to put my feet up." And I was waiting for that. And I was like, "Oh wait, no, this isn't that one." I was expecting that yeah. too. Different meltdown. Yeah, yeah. This, it really that Homer goes to college is just a lot of sequel jokes to this meltdown but they're they oh, are really okay. funny yes, yeah. yeah i like to tell myself that after this event burns is like well i need to build an escape hatch out of this place the next meltdown and <laughs> but by the way i discovered another this is all your fault uh line so oh. we have the rubik's cube we have hitler throwing away bobo and we have homer throwing away the sandwich wow he does that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but then he picks the sandwich back up and he says how could i stay mad at you so oh, we have terrible. we have at least that's a three piece all right one. it's a three-peat officially a runner it's uh we, we you know wow. <laughs> it is enshrined as an official simpsons runner now also you know speaking of running gags they kind of dropped comic book guy being a bootleg shirt seller like he yeah he did yes. this a lot back then <laughs> He'd be at, I think the next time they do this is at the auto show when he's yeah. selling like bootleg t-shirts in the parking lot. And the I Survived Timmy O'Toole being trapped in a well. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and the the, the ones in the X-Files episode, the, the Homer is a dope t-shirt, he's not selling those, right? I don't think he's involved with those. Oh, no, that's, uh, yeah. By that point, he's not a bootleg merchant anymore. Yeah. The stitching uh, on dope yeah. wouldn't be as fine <laughs> if he was making them. Oh, no, no. You know, now that job is just taken over by a Facebook algorithm. That's who does it. The- <laughs> <laughs> we also cut to them uh, watching Wheel of Fortune. They get it wrong. Uh, three coins in the fountain. They say three loins in the fountain, which was actually uh, recent at the time of this recording. Viral moment of people fucking up on Wheel of Fortune. And it is, it's always amazing to watch those. Uh, the one they could not, two of the three people could not get another feather in your cap. And right. all, all it said was another ether 
in your app and i was like how <laughs> uh, but but the extra drama of it uh, is the third guy who definitely knows it he spins bankrupt twice so he can't guess so yes. he just has to stand yeah. there it's it's amazing drama this wow. i see why people watch wheel of fortune it's moments like that. when i saw that clip i thought of that joke even though you don't even <laughs> see the tv screen in this episode right well it's also just the the i just like that the that the seniors they're just like they didn't even pay attention to the meltdown they didn't give a shit you know <laughs> Yep. They could have all they could have all died in those chairs and they wouldn't have batted an eye. Now they're just watching Wheel of Fortune and probably maybe even don't even know this ever happened. And you know, in a world where uh, Red Fox ate slightly less red meat, the joke would have just been them laughing in Sanford and Son. Mm. You know, we wouldn't even have that joke. <laughs> <laughs> I love when it returns and as Burns is talking to the media. Like uh, I, I believe I have the clip right here. I'd like to solve the puzzle. Three lines in the fountain. What? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we've isolated the problem. Wouldn't you know, false alarm. It seems a single wayward crow flew into our warning system. Very good. Well, sir, your point about nuclear hysteria is well taken. This reporter promises to be more trusting and less vigilant in the future. Excellent. <laughs> well, ta. Mmm, Smithers, I can still sell him snake oil. <laughs> now, bring me a wine spritzer, and don't be stingy with the vino. Yes, sir. So, Smithers, it seems you've underestimated one Homer Simpson, our next employee of the month. Uh, one thing I associate with seasons three and four, along with unrelated B-plots, are uh, reusing animation because they're rewriting the show at the last minute to either make things funny or make things clearer. So in this scene, it's just you see the frozen shot of Burns' chair and they recycle his animation of his hand just <laughs> hand gesturing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there are there are uh, oh. more subtle ways they do it, but this is one of the ones that sticks out to me for sure. I think they now are... we have a little bit of a canon here with 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 in Deep Space Homer. He's never one employee of the month, mm-hmm. uh, but I I guess. I guess maybe maybe what we can we can assume here is that this award gets retracted after we learn that that Homer was a fraud and that he never ultimately gets awarded it despite what their union contract says. I think you're right. So I, I guess think yeah. still add up. I think they resend that. But yeah, though, clearly though, after this, they also made the change that like Smithers got to win it all the time, which then would yes. be changed by Deep Space Homer that everybody gets to win. So that's a win by the union. But I guess, you know what? The, the plant <laughs> does go on strike in season four. So that could have been one of the changes made in the strike. That's one of their hmm. gains. Yeah. That makes go. sense. Hey, <laughs> I am certain that Mike Reese would just think we're insane if we said this to him i'm just like oh that's <laughs> but yeah i also uh white wine spritzer is another favorite uh drink of the simpsons of, of the dorks or wussy man it's what ned drinks when they go oh, to yeah. las vegas <laughs> white wine right spritzer. right now as an adult who drinks alcohol to relax after a long day perhaps it, it makes it much funnier to me of like oh burns almost died along with everyone else and he's like better relax white wine spritzer like, let's have <laughs> i also just love hearing kent just say out loud this reporter promises to be more trusting and less vigilant in the future like what a great line though yeah, you know what for the ending of this to work everybody has to know homer's not a hero so then the media has to know that there was a meltdown that homer did avert and instead of the lie that burns told everybody so a little that's an aspect that's a little confusing yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Oh well. It's I just love that Smither again. Burns would not nor in future episodes. I don't think would be this media literate to know how to trick the media. No, no. no. This, but he would be more familiar with like maybe like the 1920s media. Mm-hmm. He'd want to pay off like Hearst or something <laughs> to run a good story about him. Well, just go straight to the Pinkertons, aka hired goons. Yeah. You know his beloved hired goons. <laughs> um, after all of this death uh, was averted, uh, we then get to hear the truth from Old Millhouse. Millhouse, a little salt. Sure. (laughs) Now we're even for your party. Come on, let's go play. Bart, my mom won't let me be your friend anymore. That's why you couldn't come to the party. What's she got against me? She says you're a bad influence. Bad influence, my butt. How many times have I told you never listen to your mother? But Bart, she threatened to cut off my allowance. Whatever she's paying you, I'll double it. I'm really sorry, Bart. It's funnier with ass. It is funny. I wish yeah, you know, it is funnier. If this is the DVD, just make it both ass. You know, like just double up the ass. You're on sure. DVD now. You know, and it's still even on Disney <laughs> Plus. It's the it's the DVD version. I was going to well. say save that filth for Disney Plus. <laughs> we all know what Disney's up to. I've read yeah. the stories. Oh, <laughs> I see what the senators are talking about. Uh, These children talking about their asses. It's it is funny though that I'm, they, I'm not I'm not serious, yes, everybody. Yeah. But new listeners, we are not serious. <laughs> this is a joke. Um, I do think it's interesting that it's still pretty fresh, even by the start of season three in 1991, this is about parents who think Bart is bad and that he does teach kids to swear and disobey their right. parents. Like, that, that is what Luann is being in this episode. <laughs> and Milhouse is the sad kid not allowed to watch The Simpsons. Yeah, that's true. Sure. I I know I've said it on the podcast before, but I don't know if you guys had similar incidents at your schools where Simpsons merch was taboo. But I remember at my school, a kid had a I'm Bart Simpson. Who the hell are you shirt and was was sent home and returned with it altered with a Sharpie to say, I'm Bart Simpson. Who the heck are you? And after that, it was okay. (laughs) You know, I think my parents would never even buy me a Simpson shirt that that would say Mm. hell on it like Same i didn't here, have yeah. that one so i i didn't recall any simpson shirts being outlawed but yeah we've uh you know nick you're like bob and me that had parents that would allow us to watch the simpsons i we've we've had on guests of similar ages who they were in the i could only watch it once it got in syndication mm. when my parents were still at work during the day my my wife for whatever reason her dad did not let her watch The Simpsons, but did let her watch Married with Children, a much raunchier show. Wow. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Oh, I boy. She just, was just like, oh, it's a rude cartoon, so you shouldn't watch that. But yeah, this live, this sitcom's fine. See, Married with Children, was that was the show, and I still wasn't told not to watch it, but that was the show that did get me in trouble in school because hmm. I didn't know what the word slut meant, but it was said on the show, yeah. and I repeated it in school, and a teacher as, as a, like, elementary school and a teacher was very mad at that and i did get written up for it which i i learned that you shouldn't say that word in school no but, uh that millhouse's mom is she's the prototypical parent who does not like bart simpson but just in real life and yeah just hearing bart say especially if he says my ass didn't i tell you to never listen to your mother like that <laughs> it shows that they're actually right like they kind of agree with the parents like yeah your kids shouldn't listen to bart bart is bad you right. shouldn't listen to him and as we heard from John Vitti in our interview, he's like, they in season three did start cutting back on how much Bart swear, swears because they heard from their friends who were parents of like, you taught my kids the word bastard and I, <laughs> I wish you hadn't. <laughs> 
but uh but yeah so homer we have a quick bit of homer bragging and celebrating with his pals i love they're like hey way to save our lives yeah we owe you one great great yeah. line it's weird i thought they were gonna like undercut a spit take but like homer sort of does do a spit take i thought it was it's like either do a full spit take or undermine the spit take it was weird that it was like a half spit take to me i'm only bringing this up sipping soup what I is think- he having here it, it's like it's yeah it's just soup it's just like he's just sipping okay. broth yeah i take i took it as soup yeah but it is kind of strange yeah <laughs> uh so it's our job to talk about this and i feel bad because it's so boring but <laughs> smithers uh is protesting homer getting this employee in the month thing and he brings up his own achievements he's like i saved the plant by putting a five percent uh, cap on the keo plan and i'm sure every, like the 50 other times i watched this i was like oh that's just some something he made up or whatever but no that is a joke about how bad the plant treats its workers and how smithers made things worse for the workers because and i'm sure people in the comments will like be more specific about this i'm just gonna give you the broad strokes a keo plan is a profit sharing plan that funds pensions he made their pensions worse the joke in 1991 was can you believe it the pensions are getting worse <laughs> that's how right. that's how far we've come since pensions exist yeah pensions worse now. yes they, <laughs> they existed in 2022 these would all be contract employees uh and they would have no rights or vacation days or bonuses or anything but in 1991 yeah. it was like can you believe the pensions these days and that's what smithers <laughs> right, did yeah. he fucked over all the workers that's great by putting a harsher cap on their profit sharing plan <laughs> you know what we it's need fascinating. More, it's a real thing we need more comedies though of the simpsons uh, striking stuff like they they you yeah know, we just had a, that great unionized Staten island amazon uh place like i think i sometimes think about how the simpsons mocked unionized labor for so long as as it started dying in, in the 90s or i mean the 80s in the reagan era was really when it american sure uh unions took a big hit but yeah now i think unions are good we it's so weird to watch old episodes of simpsons about like <laughs> these union guys they all work for the mafia and they're just after uh they're just lazy like it's still crazy. yeah the, the teamsters thing i always think of like like the, the wow so surly and lazy just talking about t- t- like how he always wanted to be a teamster and then there's a, there's always a when the you know the the flashback sequence to the the union i think forming it burns his plant when they're like you know they will form you did that will become i'm gonna mangle the the quote but it's something like that will become a uh, uh, shiftless and disorganized and and disorganized or whatever that, that will go mad with our own power the japanese will eat us alive like it just kind of, <laughs> kind of talks about how that the unions became too powerful as some sort of pitfall uh but yeah it'd be great they simply should tackle another union episode why not mm-hmm. one of the best episodes of all time yeah it's a it's a stone cold classic uh, but uh yeah but yeah so homer is presented by a buxom beauty a uh, a ham a plaque and a discount coupon book a great a great set of things for for, for <laughs> saving everyone it's great uh it's great acting on the woman the spokes lady or whatever because as she gives homer things she turns to smile every time because she knows that's her job <laughs> yes kirkland uh, compliments horny animator tuck tucker for for animating the uh, the, the the bathing <laughs> beauty but yes now it's time for the main event homer has a special phone call homer for your bravery and skill we award you this ham this plaque this discount coupon book and my own personal thumbs up <laughs> and to ensure your immortality, your heroic visage will be added to our wall of fame. Oh, and uh, what's this? A congratulatory phone call from Irvin Magic Johnson? <gasps> Magic Johnson! Yellow. Is this really Homer Simpson? Yeah. 
Wow. Homer, I just used our last time out to call and congratulate you on averting that nuclear holocaust. Well, thank you. Magic, if you play on that ankle, you'll be in incredible pain. I don't care. Uh, Magic, what if people think a guy's a hero, but he was really just lucky? Don't worry. Sooner or later, people like that are exposed as the frauds they are. Thanks, Magic. <laughs> you know, Magic Johnson, not a great actor. That I don't care joke always uh, hit me the wrong way because I feel like they wanted him to say, I don't care. Yeah. But he's just like, I don't yeah, care. I don't care. I, You know, I always read it as stoic. He's like, mm. I don't care. I, but I, I like I kind of like his delivery there, even if it's yeah not what they intended. Um, I don't know. It, it it's a this is a it, it's a funny little thing. I like that I like that he's getting his ankle taped. I I always put it together that like oh, oh wait he didn't use his last time out for this. They had to take a time out because he got injured. Mm. I don't know if that's what's intended or not, but. Uh, also, I want to note that for for people listening, that Henry acted out the Mister Burns thumbs up <laughs> as it was happening. It was very, very convincing. Great Thank portrayal. I, I, I like how not not Henry, but Mister Burns. I like how proud he is once he gets it up. He like yeah. he like waves it around, and goes ah. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So it's a real achievement. Uh, another instance of a another thumbs up issue with Mister Burns. Obviously, of course, Lenny giving him the thumbs up is traumatizing <laughs> in a later episode. Uh, uh, so I also now as an adult who knows a little more about TV production. I, I am astounded like wow all the Lakers logos on all this stuff like clearly it's not just yeah. magic they talked to yeah no they got that all cleared so uh that guy 3002 on twitter says that in the original and he's a guy who collects original scripts like table read scripts where they change a lot after he says that in the script version he has it was joe montana hmm. on the phone not magic wow so, but i would guess you know Different yeah, sport with all this Lakers stuff it must have been the lakers like who paid who i wonder but they said also that they recorded magic at the last possible second they could like they're like if we don't record him now we can't ship it with his voice and they uh went to his mansion and brought a digital recorder and it was fucking up at first and they said they were like they're like oh my god we're uh, i think we've all been there as as professional podcasters yes, yes <laughs> that intensity i think the most famous person that happened to with me and you bob was like with matt besser that yeah. was he was our magic johnson a lost <laughs> interview yes matt besser <laughs> oh man he was Matt, you nice. can't do improv on an ankle. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, Nick, as as a Lakers expert, I would guess this is them drawing them playing in the forum then, right? This is because uh, that's where they would have been playing in 91. Uh, then yeah, Inglewood? this is pre-Staples Center and certainly pre-Crypto.com Arena. I'll take the <laughs> dignity no of Staples any day. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Give me the Office Supply brand uh, uh, it, over the, the the scam cryptocurrency site. Uh, but it's a it, it's a uh, yeah. This this would have been the Great Western Forum, I think, at the time. Was it now now just the I think it's just called the L.A. Forum. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, Nick, are you? I know or you're also in Inglewood. Not to uh, not to derail this with wrestling talk, but uh, are you going to the AEW show after the Forum? That's uh, that's coming up in I, May, June. I don't have tickets yet, but mm -hmm. I, I I am definitely planning on going I'm, I'm just gonna get something on the secondary market close to showtime and uh yeah go with some friends because yeah i definitely i got i gotta see aw live in person i am uh kind of cheesed off they're not coming to the bay area for hmm. some reason i figured oh after their first la show That's they're coming as sf but nope nah. all right okay wrestling talk over <laughs> hey but yeah magic uh he's it's funny him also letting homer think he's a fraud like telling him that like yes Though Homer shouldn't, you know what? You did save everybody, even if it was just dumb luck. 
take a little pride in that. You know what? Ma- Magic Johnson not picking up on uh, the subtext of this question. Like, That's why would true. this hero be asking me about this? <laughs> yes. But we're both heroes, Homer. I don't know why you would ask such a thing. But yeah. <laughs> so we cut to at home. They're watching Itchy and Scratchy. It's a My Dinner with Andre parody. My favorite bit is that Itchy's already killed Scratchy by making him drink acid, but he also just for good measure splashes some extra in his face like that that's right. really great <laughs> and also just lisa saying too subtle like what, what yeah what he lied watching it stone faced yeah it's great uh and so homer comes home with a 20 pound ham i also think like this is almost too emotionally complex for homer like him being ashamed at being too praised like i i don't think of homer having that kind of emotional maturity at that he'd point. be happy to be a fraud and like 18 yeah. months exactly yeah free ham who right. cares and he, exactly all he care about was that he mm, ham at that point <laughs> yes. there'd be there'd be no no deeper thought than that it is it is a crusty brand ham is it not oh yeah you're right it's from his his special ham that he uh had a heart attack advertising <laughs> you're right it's like I, I hadn't noticed it but i think you see a little crusty logo on this on that bad boy i think you're right i also just love that homer everyone's loving him a hero in my own home how convenient like lisa's i guess you'd call it a sea story that lisa now looks up to homer for the rest of the episode i yeah. also i love his i get enough admiration and respect at work i don't need it here at home <laughs> you know hams yes, hams right. are kind of like the currency at the power plant because marge almost gets a free ham when homer dies at oh, the plants but then right. he comes back to life that's right, right. cancel the ham <laughs> uh, uh, again i want to compliment the animators great staging at the table with the ham the ham is in the center and on each side of the ham you have marge maggie and lisa bright-eyed and excited the other side is homer and bart and they're both depressed and sad like that's really good just like layout of a shot i think uh, the animators did a good job with that and and you yeah, know i agree I love a good ham. I think I think uh, a honey glaze. Mm-mm, good. I'm with you know what? Pigs are smart, beautiful creatures, Henry. <laughs> and they, but they they taste so good. Bob. <laughs> they do taste good. That's that's the. I I don't eat. I haven't eaten pork in some time. But um. But man, it it is absolutely tasty. It is inarguably delicious. I I don't want to be like other podcasters with you, Nick, and, and try to tr- and pull you back towards meat. I I think I'm proud of your meatless. <laughs> your your relatively meatless 2022 20, after. 2021 yeah yeah i'm not i'm not full i mean i'm still eating i've had uh, I'll, I'll, I'll dabble in fish and poultry but yeah i've not gone back to red meat i don't think i'm gonna eat i'm gonna eat pigs again partly because i kind of had that lisa the vegetarian sort of thing of just sort of you know see, seeing animals as as living beings so uh so it's it's a little bit easier for me to get over that when i'm not dealing with mammals yeah <laughs> uh, you guys are talking me out of ham now, <laughs> i won't allow this i won't die no ham still good look hey no no shame on anyone who wants to eat a ham ham is delicious i love homer saying it tastes like ashes in my mouth and then mar elisa saying yeah. back like maybe you ate a clove yeah which <laughs> yeah that's great which homer will eat a full spoonful of cloves in uh, in season five during uh, the gambler <laughs> episode <laughs> don't forget the tom collins mix oh yes mm. <laughs> but and a pike frozen pie crust <laughs> uh i also love that homer homer always hates millhouse he never likes him and just say like four eyes with a big nose you don't need friends like yeah. that he <laughs> yeah it's millhouse and then lisa thinks that's like a good advice <laughs> yeah it's housed in that's so great yeah <laughs> much lower stakes on the second act break where first act break uh, a nuclear holocaust and somebody's hitting a button second act break a walkie-talkie goes in the trash yes yeah it's right. not not their highest stakes but i i also like lisa just watching with quiet awe which homer's like well at least it's quiet a role model in my very own home 
How convenient. Look, I get enough admiration and respect at work. I don't need it here at home. How are you enjoying your ham, homie? Tastes so bitter, it's like ashes in my mouth. Hmm. It's actually more of a honey glaze. Maybe you ate a clove. What's your problem, boy? I had a fight with Milhouse. That four eyes with a big nose, you don't need friends like that. How zen. What? What is it? What are you doing? Looking at you with quiet awe. Well, as long as it's quiet. Here's more esoteric little details. Who? Homer bends over in Act 1, and you see he has a belt on, which I was like, wait, they never draw a belt on Homer for no reason, which in that scene, there is no reason to it. But I wonder if because they do a loosened belt joke here hmm. with him on the couch, that whoever animated the other scene for that episode, like, well, wait, no, Homer wears a belt. We draw we, it in, in Act 2. We need a belt establishing uh, shot, folks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Work it into the budget somehow. <laughs> so, yes, the Bart and Millhouse, they have a sad thing. I feel I feel bad for Milhouse. He is such like a people pleaser and so lacking in self-confidence. Just him like, please don't right. ha- hate me, please. Like, sad little loser. I, I'm speaking to my younger self now. I, <laughs> <laughs> I do love the joke as it starts of Homer going to the employee spot right next to Burns and hitting his car. It's like, I'll never know who did it. <laughs> and yeah. And that's the same parking spot that Burns has in Three Eyes on Every Fish, the uh, the Burns Runs for Governor episode. Mm-hmm. So again, more wonderful continuity. Uh, and then meanwhile, Smithers has to drive all the way to the other end of the the impossibly sized parking lot of the of the Springfield Power Plant. They would really play up the Smithers versus Homer stuff in uh, season seven. It would take a while, but Homer versus Smithers, or sorry, Homer the Smithers. Yes, great, yeah. great episode. Yes, right. Uh, but yes, this also though does feel a little more like a regular sitcom kind of thing of like the big speech like i have to give the big like that's like a dick van dyke sure. plot you know that, that was in simpson delilah yeah uh, last yeah. season wait so yeah it's already them reusing a season two thing but homer gets wondering. four words into this speech before a new meltdown happens so that's true the yes. scene is less about that did we already have a uh, bart and uh, or i'm sorry the scene with the with homer and lisa at the bar oh no that's uh, uh coming up after this but that's coming but, up i apologize oh, no it's okay i but yeah i think you know smart on the writer's part to you know they get to do the kind of overused trope of the big speech and then not even have to write the speech because he gets interrupted so yes right (laughs) uh but yes in our next clip here it's the first appearance of aristotle anadopolis simpson there's someone i want you to meet aristotle anadopolis owner of the shelbyville nuclear power facility huh what it seems Harry's been having terrible worker problems at Shelbyville. They've lost their zest for work. You must help them find their Ine Haratu Naduleve. Their Ine Haratu Dula what? Yes. We want you to give them a pep talk that turns them from a bunch of donut-eating goof-offs into a pack of Homer Simpsons. But I really can't tell them anything. Don't sir. cut the false modesty. It's getting tiresome. Besides, it's your duty. Employee of the month isn't all ham and plaques. Well, Smithers... How kind of you to pay us a visit. Couldn't help it, sir. The parking here is terrible. (gasps) This man has no love for his power plant. Be gone from my sight. (laughs) That one's always been a problem. Uh, now this guy Aristotle Amadopoulos uh, parody if you're under 40 you might not know this a parody of Aristotle Onassis a controversial figure for boomers because he sullied the purity of Camelot mm-hmm. by taking right. away Jackie Kennedy yeah it's so funny like he yeah. was long dead when we were kids like nobody like Jackie and Jackie O had moved on to many other 
things in her life. But yeah, it, it hurt. It did hurt her standing people that I remember when I was in college, a, an elderly, uh, very religious professor also talked about how she's like, oh, you know that uh, saying, uh, beware Greeks bearing gifts. That was about Aristotle Onassis because he was he tricked America and stole Jackie. I was like, what? <laughs> I think I yeah. think it's about the Trojan horses is why you're afraid <laughs> right. of that. Yeah. It's, it's a fitting uh, parody because Marge is a Bouvier. So we have a parody of Onassis mm. on the show now. And I, I like the idea of Burns having a rich friend and a eccentric rich friend. He only comes back in the in the softball episode. And that's it. Oh, he Anadopoulos should have appeared so much. He's such a perfect like one of my favorite things in DuckTales is that Scrooge has an evil counterpart to who's rich called Flintheart yes. Glomgold. Like, this could be his Flintheart Glomgold. Yeah, I, I, of, of the Lovitz characters, obviously, everyone always thinks of Artie Ziff, but uh, but Aristotle is is very very funny and uh, it, yeah you're right it's a great it's a great dramatic counterpoint for counterpart for for Burns uh, it's uh, I I just like the part that really makes me guffaw is that this man has no love for his power plant <laughs> like it's just like some indignity to criticize the parking uh, at your plant that would make you some sort of pariah in the eyes of the plant owners and then and that Smithers uh, kissing up to Burns all this time is meaningless like Burns instantly he says one yes. bad thing once and Burns like he's always a problem he's, ca- he's cast out already do you mind if we jump to the marge at uh millhouse's house oh scene? you know there was i i just want to say that cut the false modesty that's also a very funny like because he's just like enough of this shit yes. like yeah but okay right and it wasn't until the commentaries uh over 20 years ago at this point or almost 20 years ago that i realized the design of mrs van houten uh, not named luann for another six years uh that's a joke And just the way they hold on her when uh, she first starts talking to Marge, the design is supposed to be a joke. Like, can you believe it's just Millhouse in a dress? That's who this character is. As a kid, I took it at face value. I'm like, this is the the rules of cartoons. You kind of look identical to your to your parents and the parents look identical to the children. But that reveal is a joke. Yeah. And then the reveal of Kirk is another joke. And they tell a story on the commentary that uh, Maggie Roswell does the voice when she was at the table read. she did an impression of Millhouse. They're like, no, 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 that's too crazy. You can't do that. But then Hank Azaria did an impression of Millhouse for Kirk Van Houten, and everybody laughed. And Maggie <laughs> Roswell was very mad that mm-hmm. Kirk Van Houten is just an adult Millhouse voice. Mm-hmm, but she didn't. Right. I, I, Mike, Mike Reese agrees. He's like, justifiable she was upset by that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I don't think you hear or see him until Barkett's an elephant when he goes, get off our property. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Man. Wow. I I mean it's so great that her the both of them look like Millhouse and they're kind of each other's cousins like that's so funny <laughs> but yeah uh, but yeah I I like you know Marge Although she's from Shelbyville right mm-hmm. yes Bob has and a really <laughs> Bob has a great theory about that as well I don't want to steal his theory but what that they're co- what their cousins from Shelbyville well Shelbyville? that she is the Shelbyville how everybody how Shelbyville has their own oh, Willie okay. in that episode and everything and that she is the she's the Kirk Van Houten of Shelbyville but then they marry uh, each other wow she's the mirror mirror version yes yeah but that's great but you know as it it's a little too cute but I do kind of like Marge is just she feels bad for Bart but she also is the mom defending a bad kid who's just like no but he he is bad like she kind of <laughs> has to him and like you know yeah. he just has his spark it, he's not bad but he does do 
bad things, and he's all, like even his good qualities for like get him to do into trouble. Yes, like yeah. the spark uh, isn't the spark is not a bad thing, but it makes him to do the bad thing. So even his like one quality she can speak of is also bad. Mrs. Van Houten, I'm Bart's mother. We met in the emergency room when the boys drank paint. I remember. Please come in. Marge, I'm sorry, but I think it would be better if Millhouse didn't see your son. Mm. Well, look, I know Bart can be a handful, but I also know what he's like inside. He's got a spark. It's not a bad thing. Of course, it makes him do bad things. Well, Marge, the other day, Millhouse told me my meatloaf sucks. He must have gotten that from your little boy, because they certainly don't say that word on TV. Well, I can't defend everything he does. But let's face it, all Bart and Milhouse have is each other. They're too young for girls, and they're a popular target for bullies. And in the Christmas pageant, they're always sheep. Please, please let them be friends. I'll think about it, Marge. We uh, we met in the emergency room when the boys drank paint. Like that. <laughs> uh, specific. And then the memories book Bart goes through before, like, they're all about injuring Millhouse. Millhouse is always the bottom. Yes. The He's everything's... Uh, I, I, what, where are you going I don't this? mean it like that. I mean, he's on the, the, the lowest part of the totem pole. I almost, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Bottom man on the totem pole, not bottom. Any, hey, let's move on from that. I, I also like hearing Luann say, like, and they would n certainly not say sucks on TV. They wouldn't say a word yes, like yeah. that. That's great. But yeah, I think Marge, is, Marge has the great pitch to her of like look they're both fucking losers like you're just basically yeah they're not gonna make new <laughs> friends they're just let they'll you'll either have them be in a toxic relationship or they're just lonely and so you Girl, know girls don't like them other boys want to beat them up yes yep. yeah <laughs> and and like you said nick then it cuts to the reaction gif of we've seen many a time on twitter of, of millhouse on the seesaw alone it's uh it's a great shot it's great great shot uh yeah we cut to the bar this is where lisa is uh, we're in the middle of hearing a racist screed from Barty, but about carnies or carny folk. But just yes. <laughs> and uh, Lisa goes like, "I'll do that." But you know, I'm actually here to see my uh, well, look at my dad. Just his line: "I used to follow my dad to a lot of bars too." Great, great line. This is every every Barney line in this episode is a Cadillac. Just yeah. they're all they're all fucking bangers. <laughs> so the next time somebody tells you carny folk are good, honest people. You can spit in their faces for me. I will, Mr. Gumble. But if you'll excuse me, I'm profiling my dad for the school paper. I thought it would be neat to follow him around for a day to see what makes him tick. Ah, oh, that's sweet. I used to follow my dad to a lot of bars, too. Uh, here you go. One beer, one chocolate milk. Uh, excuse me. I have the chocolate milk. Oh. What's the matter, Homer? The depression effects of alcohol usually don't kick in till closing time. He's just a little nervous. He has to give a speech tomorrow on how to keep cool in a crisis. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I had to give a speech once. I was pretty nervous, so I used a little trick. I pictured everyone in their underwear. The judge, the jury, my lawyer, everybody. Did it work? I'm a free man, ain't I? Uh, also, like, uh, the depressive effects of alcohol usually don't kick in until closing time. Again, great joke. Okay. <laughs> but yes, Barney describing the DUI trial that he had seemingly. Like, I'm a free man, ain't I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. So good. <laughs> Pictured everyone in their underwear. And yeah, like the judge, the jury. Everyone, uh, I'm a free man, aren't I? It's it had so, to be so vehicular manslaughter or something. Has Normally, to. you're not testifying right. when you get a DUI. Not that I would know 
of course yeah. but <laughs> uh, but yes we then we have a cute uh very quickly a cute little moment with Mar- marge and bart that plays out like a regular sitcom until she leaves the room and then bart like he thanks her like oh they hug and then the second she leaves bart just pulls out his bb gun starts pumping it up like he's gonna blast millhouse in the face with his <laughs> next time he yeah. sees him like oh my that's so good really we can be friends again did your mom die uh, I don't think so. Well, who cares? Millhouse, I'll be right there. Sorry, Maggie. Game's over. Hey, Mom. I'm friends with Millhouse again. Well, I knew his mother would come to her senses. Thanks for sticking up for me. What makes you think I did it? Who else would? Mm. You'll be good. I will. I also like I like how many times he pumps it. He's just like he just mm-hmm. immediately takes the what would later be like a little bastard BB gun or whatever. He mm-hmm. just takes the the bass the BB gun out and, <laughs> and starts pumping that out of it. Uh, now, real quick, real quick, just a, another joke I like in the the Lisa bar scene is. Uh, Mo getting the drinks backwards, giving Homer the chocolate <laughs> milk and giving Lisa the beer. He needs Lisa to say, um, "I ordered the chocolate milk." Oh, yeah, and swaps them. <laughs> yes, he's, yeah. he's used to serving children, I think. That's true. Yeah, he's yes. served children a lot. Yeah. Uh, so, so yes, we cut back to the uh, the Shelbyville plant. Homer's about to give a speech. Again, great acting by Lovitz. Him going like, I just he says, when I look upon all your friendly faces, I think of how much I hate you. Just like you, you <laughs> like your goats, like wasteful goats. I just love. That. The violent mood swings of Lovitz. He's so good at at, uh, at acting that out. Yeah. But yes, uh, we have a little Obi-Wan kind of thing of Homer hearing like, picture them in the underwear. And I feel bad for the animators because they were told to do a sight gag where Homer sees them all in their underwear and then they're all drawn as like muscular and in Viking helmets. So he's more intimidated. But they said it just didn't read. Hmm. So not only did the animators have to do a big crowd shot, they then had to do it a second time. Right. But I think the version they have now does read very clearly and is a funny... It, it is a funny little capper where where homer sees himself naked and then he <laughs> he freaks out and hides behind the podium and his voice cracks homer overdoes it and imagines everyone yeah. including himself that's great yes but yeah that's good uh but yes homer is saved by the bell by a big uh another meltdown it's funny every nobody blames them for the meltdown no like where is their day. homer simpson to stop no. this yeah. why do they need to pull the celebrity in <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, also, I, I'll, I'll say that this is one where the pacing of it, because they just really like get right to it. Like they go straight to a, a blaring alarm. Homer's at the station. He's got to He's got to solve it. Like it happens so quickly. It's super duper efficient. But I always thought because this is paced so quickly that this was paced up for syndication and watching the full version for this episode, I was like, oh, no, that's how it's always been. They didn't cut anything here. It, it really just gets right, gets straight to it. The alarm goes off and then they say, OK, well, here we are. Like, let's do this now. Like, you do what you did yeah. before, which, yeah, I feel I think you're right. For plotting purposes, it would be better if there was a moment of like, wait, we have the guy who knows how to turn this off. Let's get him. Do it again. Nobody else knows how to do it. Like, it seems like they just like, well, hey, we've got him here. We'll let you press the button. We all know what button to <laughs> yes. press, but we'll let you press it. Homer. Right. But yes, in classic sitcom fashion, the truth must be revealed. Meeny, meeny, miny, moe, catch a tiger by the toe. If he hollered, let him go. Meeny, meeny, miny, Crisis has been averted. Everything is super. 
Thank you, Homer, for saving my plant with that idiotic rhyming. Do you even know what button you push? Sure, Mo. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Is Homer a hero? The answer is no. I'm Kent Brockman, and that was my two cents. Now back to Scott Christian with laugh and a half. Thanks, Kent. <laughs> there was more dumb luck in the news today when our own police chief, Wiggum, foiled a bank holdup without even trying. It seems the chief had gone to the bank to cash in his penny jar. 48, 49, 50. What the? <laughs> Good work, chief. Just doing my job. Yes, it seems the chief pulled a Homer Simpson of his own. <laughs> you know, uh, Kent's My Two Cents is an underrated runner. It has appeared in six episodes after this. It only lasts wow. until uh, Krusty gets canceled. Yeah, yeah, which, uh, I mean, it's a great My Two Cents. Like, he'd, I think after that, they're like, you know what? Kent Brockman can just... Uh, <laughs> give a speech anytime it doesn't yeah. need to be this yes. section of it that's yeah. the difference of the merkin era where it's like you know he's always editorializing that's true yeah right although maybe he also just gets into trouble for saying that on a whole the little sobs and then mm. after that they discontinue his segment <laughs> oh, the, the 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 i i like the presence of scott christian i do we see do we ever see scott christian's laugh and a half again or is this is it right i think it's the only time yeah i think so yeah. <laughs> what about uh when wiggum uh, is it wiggum that gets cold pulled to the hot dog machine this is going to get worse before it gets better oh but that that's oh, at yeah. the uh no that's at the um film festival that, okay uh, that jay sherman presents okay yeah. i was misremembering security <laughs> cam footage uh but also shows you how far snake has come they're like oh we need a criminal well it's going to be snake we we draw like yes. snakes a relatively new character at this point but they've already fallen in love with him uh, yeah i also love that like you know we're gonna have my two cents and laugh and a half like back to back <laughs> two different segments and this is how you know what before there was social media you needed a newscaster to off the cup meme something off the cuff meme. kind of this this whole episode is a lot of media cri criticism right <laughs> it's just like saying how trite and superficial and uh, and uh you know obsequious the the local news is and then we're starting of course obviously with usa today just being mm. you know lambasted by the show so yeah they're they're definitely there's they're definitely a little upset with the with the news media in this episode uh they, and right after the these the scott christian segment we and wiggum of course we get our second uh magic appearance and, yes. and chick hearn as well yeah i have uh, our last clip here where we get to hear the late chick hearn uh, uh commentating on the a game of basketball the lakers have the ball magic johnson coming down the floor on a fast break magic stops his feet slip up from under him the ball flies out of his hand hits the referee in the head goes in the basket it's a three-point play the lakers win looks like i pulled a homer I guess they do that to give Homer a win at the end. Like, yeah, you know what? He is yeah. in the dictionary. Let's do that. But. He, he actually is in the dictionary. <laughs> they have a new dictionary that has Homer's, uh, like a woodcut of Homer in it. I love uh, that. It's, it's so like, yeah, I, lo I love how that looks. I love the, the the look of his dictionary drawings, how whatever that's supposed to represent. But yeah, they, they that, that happens three times, right? And by mm -hmm. the end, it's the basically the happy accident that it ends up being yeah I, I i i don't know i like that ending i like it's it's like kind of a it's kind of a slight episode i guess overall it, it just in terms of like the stakes i, I mean what, whatever they're huge stakes so we're talking about two possible meltdowns of <laughs> so in some sense they're there but it's also just like it like it personally it's just like oh bart's or bart's friendship is in peril and Homer is having like a self-esteem crisis, basically. 
like he's feeling like a fraud. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, did, I, I like the way it resolves. And uh, I, as... I like that Lisa never has a moment where she's like disappointed by her dad. She just keeps looking up to him. Yeah, yeah, that is sweet. Yeah, I and, yeah. and as a, as a Lakers super fan, what do you think of Chick Hearn's uh, caricature in the episode? <laughs> you don't just hear him; you see him. No, it's great. It's a it's a it's a good it's a good representation. And man, he just really absolutely commits to calling this like it's a real game. Like mm-hmm. he just he one hundred percent says it in the same cadence that he would if this actually happened. If a ref actually went off a ball's head, uh, or a ball after actually went off a ref's head and into the basket to, to as a game winner. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, it's great. Hearing it back to back, I was like, oh, he is a better actor than Magic. In this <laughs> looks like I pulled a homer. Like not I, too, <laughs> yeah, you had too much energy, Henry. Uh, you're right. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I wonder whose idea was that he'd crash into a bunch of hot cheerleaders. Like what animator was like, oh, it's even funnier if he lands into like a pile of ch- hot cheerleaders. The do the Lakers cheerleaders have a special name or are they just the Lakers cheerleaders? The, the Laker girls, right? Oh, Laker what am girl. I saying? Yeah, the of Laker course, girls. The yeah. famous both, Henry uh, clearly doesn't care about sure. female cheerleaders. I, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's the the announcer, the in-arena announcer at, at Staples Center at now Crypto.com Arena, Lawrence Tanter. May have been may have been the, the one at the forum too. He's been with the team for forever uh, but he he was the laker girl <laughs> wow i, I, I see always have that in my head when i see, when i think of them it's a classic one i think the ending is a bit rushed but uh you know there's lots of fun stuff in here it's the origin of uh, the van houtens mm-hmm. and uh but yes the, the, the one failure like we said up front is they couldn't coin a phrase they, yeah. they really tried but you know the previous year we all did the bartman we felt bad about it <laughs> we weren't about to pull a homer yeah i you know True. they they never got it to go i i it you know the episode did through the use of monopoly it did teach kids that they could eat the the pieces and should swallow them. and there's plenty of them it's so it's <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, the the only uh, last bit I'd have to add is just uh, about the Simpsons and dictionaries. This didn't get in the dictionary, but in the dictionary, thanks to the Simpsons, in major dictionaries like Webster or Oxford are do, me, jeebus, imbigans, and cromulent. All are wow. in dictionaries thanks to the Simpsons. So they couldn't pull it off with pull a homer, but uh, they, they got a lot. But yeah. yeah. Lisa, the iconoclast was the word creating episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, oh, man. It, right. <laughs> but yeah, I think the, the, yeah, I think this is a fun episode that uh, isn't too, it certainly is built around like a big celebrity appearance, but I like that he doesn't like fly into town and hang out with Homer. It's just, <laughs> he's a voice on the phone. He doesn't you know? stay up with Bart. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's not, he's not writing songs with Bart all night as an adult man alone in his room, <laughs> you know, not doing that. I think it's a fun, I think it's a fun episode that occasionally has like, like Nick said, also very, very fast paced third act that kind of just rushes to the, to the big reveal. But I yeah. think, uh, I think it's a good, a really good episode that also just shows how much the show is growing that they can count on like let's just cut to these characters for a joke and these characters for a joke we know how funny mm-hmm. our cast is and how funny everybody in springfield is we can just fill this with scenes of like skinner can just have a joke or apu can just have a joke independent of the cl- of the plot and just cut to them yeah very 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 good episode I, I i fully agree i also think that i also agree that this is the right amount of magic johnson it's it reminds me of the tom kite appearance it's just like okay here's an athlete who's a non-actor <laughs> who we're just going to kind of get in for you know 
a scene or two and that's a, and and that's that's the right right amount of cameo for this guy mm-hmm. well thanks again for joining us nick yes, please nick. let us know where to find you online and more about your podcast uh, doughboys and get played Oh, thank you guys so much. An absolute delight to be here. I'm so, so grateful you thought of me as the Lakers guy. Very, <laughs> very fun to talk about this episode, talk about Magic Johnson and Chick Hurd. Uh, I, I am going to say that you can check out my podcast, Doughboys, with Mike Mitchell. We talk about chain restaurants and check out my podcast, Get Played, with Heather Ann Campbell and Matt Apodaca. We talk about video games. We used to talk just bad video games, but now we talk about all sorts of video games, and it's it's kind of a kind of a more general catch-all pod. So, yeah, those are both fun. You can find those wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, we, we talked about Bart versus Space Mutants on, on a classic right. get played. I, I call it classic, I think. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, and we've uh, the the new uh, reformatting of it is, I think, been been really great. We just had on uh, Apodaca as well and, and chatted about that with him, too. That was great. But then <laughs> Apodaca, I'm sure it came up, but he has the moth tattoo yes, on his arm. Yes, yeah, we, tattoo, yeah. <laughs> Though, unfortunately, you know what? We can't. Yeah, I, I don't know if Heather will want to talk about Simpsons again with us for a return but it will do we could do an evangelion podcast with her, maybe we could do that she'll talk simpsons of course she will <laughs> but, she'll come back but but thank you so much yeah nick. thanks again nick so fun thank you guys so much so thanks so much to nick weiger for being on the show please check out his podcast doughboys and get played as for us if you want to check out more of what we do and get all these episodes one week at a time and ad free please go to patreon.com slash talking simpsons sign up for five bucks a month to get just that but also access to everything behind the five dollar paywall that includes over 100 full-length podcasts and you also get monthly access to our regular episodes of talking futurama and talk king of the hill and any other bonus stuff we might do behind that five dollar paywall it's all happening there at patreon.com slash talking simpsons and we have a ten dollar level as well when you sign up for that you get all the five dollar stuff plus also access to one super long podcast once a month only for patrons of that level or higher and what is that henry bob you're talking about the what a cartoon movie podcast where we cover an animated feature film super in depth just like we do the simpsons or regular animated series on our sister podcast what a cartoon but on what a cartoon movie for ten dollar and up patrons you could hear us talk about animated feature films for often over four sometimes five hours recent ones have included who framed roger rabbit a one i know nick weiger also enjoys too uh before that pinocchio and south park bigger longer and uncut and coming next month you hear us talk about toy story 3 check it all out the entire back catalog at patreon.com slash talking simpsons so as for me, I've been one of your hosts, Bob Mackey. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. And my other podcast, by the way, is Retronauts. That's a classic gaming podcast about old video games. You can find that wherever you find podcasts or go to patreon.com slash retronauts. Sign up there for two full-length bonus episodes every month. And Henry, what about you? Follow me on Twitter at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. And also, if you're following us on Twitter, follow the official Twitter account of this podcast at Talk Simpsons Pod. And if, and if you're looking for an easy-to-explore back catalog, of all of our free podcasts you can always go to talkingsimpsonspodcast.com thanks so much for listening folks we'll see you again next week for the may episode of our community podcast talk to the audience and we'll see you then Okay, okay, think back to your training. 
Now, Homer, this may very well save your life one day. This, Homer, yeah? please pay attention. This button here controls the emergency override circuit. In the event of a meltdown, push this button and only this button. Ooh, it's time. Simpson. What? You see which button I'm pushing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Push the button. Got it. This is all your fault. 